It's here. It's episode 41 of Eurobash. It's going to be full steam ahead on this episode. We have so much to complain about. It's unbelievable. There was a lot of fights and a lot of mess-ups this weekend. And um, yeah, we're going to bring it to you. Live and uncut, like the Wu-Tang Clan. But first, let's have a look at those headlines. Well, Noel McGrath, I should say hello to you first. Yeah, That's very rude. Very rude of me. I'm sorry. Very fucking rude. I'm sorry. I've, I've, been waiting, I've been waiting six days to <laughs> get some vengeance out. And work is like killed out of me today, but I am, I am. I'm, I'm going to just drink my beautiful kombucha here and... We're hoping to get, get kombucha sponsorship. I'm going to get... Nah, 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 nah. That's what we it's, want. It's all coming, lads. It's all coming. Wait for it. Right, here we go. Headlines. Rafael Lovato dethrones Gegard Mousasi in the main event of Bellator London. Quite a shocking result there. We have Artem Lobov defeats Polly Malinaji in the main event of Bare Knuckle FC 6. Molly McCann comes away with the European Championship Fox. of the World. <laughs> she fought Arian Lipsky, the former KSW champion. Molly, of course, the Cage Warriors champion. We were very big on that fight and it was awesome. We'll talk about that more later. Bellator Dublin has been announced for September 27th. We can see some fights being made off the back of that Bellator London card already. Uh, but um, Valentina Shevchenko... Who's matchmaking? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko v. Liz Carmouche and Alexei uh, Koncheko v. Loreno Starpoli have been booked for UFC Uruguay on August 10th. And John Phillips is out of his UFC Sacramento fight with Carl Robertson. He'll be replaced by newcomer Wellington Torman. I didn't actually hear that one, the last one. That's disappointing for John. Yeah, I only saw it there. Galerme Cruz, of course, <laughs> all <Yeah>. over it. <laughs> he is all over that shit. But, um, yeah, I guess um, we'll start on our first rant of the week. Um, last Tuesday, oh, man. we thought uh, Brendan Lochnain had secured his place in the UFC with a fantastic performance against Bill Algio. But alas, a takedown attempt. You know, a legitimate mm. te- technique in MMA. Um, has cost him the UFC contract somehow. Now, I think a lot of people saw me getting upset about this already, so I'm just going to pass it over to you, Noel. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I think a good few people saw my uh, posts on Twitter as well. Tuesday night, um, absolutely fuming at the whole situation. Um, for a guy to get to this point, to build everything back up, turn down you know other fight promotions contracts, and to get that spiel of shite from Dana White at the end, I think was very condescending first of all from Dana Weiss oh you hated the whole setup let's bring this guy out and let him sit here while I tell him how yeah. he should have fought yeah. come on mate yeah come and on. the fact of the matter is the fight beforehand um, in which Mr. Soriano got the win two rounds was that not the heavyweight fight first it was a heavyweight, the leg kick finished it, it then it was Brendan, yeah. and then there was two the more fight after him sorry after it Brendan. was two fights after sorry it was the main event yeah. um, Soriano and Pickett was the fight Soriano um, did Pretty well for the first couple of rounds. Third round, took the guy down, laid on him for the duration of the fight, did little or nothing, and he gets a, a contract. Um, all right, Dana, what are you talking about here? Explain what is the criteria here? Is there new rules that we don't know? <clears throat> Someone tried saying to me online, and obviously a lot of your action online was very positive in favour of Brendan, as it should have been. And someone said to me that I don't understand the concept of the show. Uh, I think you're so wrong. I got mate. a few of them as well. I think you're very, very wrong. Um, are this, we not trying to find the best fighters? Yes. Is that not the whole? The, that is the are bottom. We, are we That's doing sport game. here still? Are that, we doing like? And even if we aren't doing sport, if we're doing entertainment, here's the guy with the most traction than we've ever seen on that show going in. Yeah. So where is where is the like a takedown? Come on. It, oh, it's pathetic. I it, saw plenty of takedowns in the other fights. They was, got contracts. It was a fight. Well, it, the heavyweight guy did not have you know, just leg kick the, the uh, life. I, I listened to the, we, we obviously speak with Brennan later on, you are, and I listened to that, and 
He goes, I wanted to make a point in, in my wrestling. And, and he did. That's what I said as well. Like, I mean, for years, as soon as a guy from the UK or Ireland or anywhere around here goes to UFC, what do they all say? He can't wrestle. Yeah, yeah. He's never fought a wrestler like me. Mm. What did he just do there? Exactly. You know, you're looking for the best fighters here. Bill Algio was a... Um, Great fighter. A, a really solid fighter. You saw that, you know, he's number, I think, 11 ranked featherweight uh, in the United States of America. Really? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Um, the guy is really, really talented. You know, I, I was texting Paul Felder on and off beforehand about, you know, he was obviously on comms. Paul, he was Paul's number one pick getting signed. I think everyone else's Danny, on the power uh, rankings. Jose Youngs was there that night and he was saying Paul Paul Felder was like 100% before before 100%. the contracts came out. He was like, well, he's number one, yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, you know? I, I was texting Paul that day and he goes, you know, Algio's legit. And I was saying, you know, Brennan's a very good fighter. I've seen Bill as well. I watched a few of his fights actually on Tuesday before and I was just going, like, this is a fight you look at on the card, probably two of the best. Why is it the headline, first of all? Exactly. R- ridiculous. I think we know why. But anyway, um, two guys you look at and you go, this guy is getting signed if he wins the fight. That was it for me. Because yeah. you knew it was going to be a high-level fight. It was a high-level fight. It was a cut, 10 cuts above the three other fights that we saw on that card in terms of a contest. Even even if you want to go take, like, I mean, if, if we're just basing this, forget about the opponent. Forget about how good Bill Aljo is for a second. Yeah. Just based on what you saw one fighter do out there, who's the most impressive? It's Brendan. It's, it's Brendan all day long. down. Out of all eight fighters, Brendan was a, a cut above anyone else on that card for me. And for the UFC not to sign him, you know, I asked Brendan this before. I put up a little tweet about an audiogram. Was there, you know, prior issues with the UFC? He doesn't know. He doesn't think so. But that's so. what it's starting to look like. It and does I, I don't very think, much I, look like. like I, I really don't think there is actually an issue there with, yeah. with Brendan, you know? But you look at Dana's face like... He's there all smiles last tense. It's like he's looking for a way out or something. Or and this the, was, the reaction that like, when they did it, you know, yeah. they flashed back to him on the computer and he's like, oh, I can't believe he just did that. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what are you I'm talking about, man? It. Have you watched the, it's two fucking two and a half rounds of this? What, what are you on, man? And it, it just makes of, no sense. It's sort of looking to me like this is maybe they're getting these guys in for a fight, just giving them the five and five and, and that they already have their mind made up beforehand. I'll tell you one thing. Is that a possibility, though? I don't know. I don't, I, I, well, I don't know. Well, I guess looked, everything's a possibility. Well, it, look, well, it, it, looked, it looked like that last Tuesday night that well, you know his mind was made up beforehand. One thing, um, we'll, we'll get to the Brendan interview now in a minute, but one thing i got to say, if, if you're involved with any other promotion and you aren't trying to get onto oh, this dude stupid. and trying to sign him, you, are, it, like, they, you look like the saviour if yeah. you sign this guy now. You yeah. look like you are the, the person who's doing the sensible thing as opposed to the UFC who are doing the nonsensical Well, the good thing now I think maybe Brendan can take from this is the online on the traction. Radar. Huge. You know, everyone's been talking about it in the world of mixed martial arts, literally across the, the board, all the top media outlets. Um, you had a, a beautifully put um, description of the events of the last six to seven years from Ben and Lottenan, and it was perfectly put. I couldn't have put up any better myself. I was in a fuming rage last Wednesday when you did it because I was just felt so sorry for Brendan. And listen, we follow Brendan over the last few years. We know how good Brendan is. And to see him to have that opportunity taken away after all that work, we defend any fighter in that situation. We're not being biased. Mm. He was by clearly the best fighter on the card. They have a lot of guys now in the UFC um from the UK, great fighters. Uh, you know, Jack Shaw has just been signed. You've got Arnold Allen, you have Darren Till, you have Leon Edwards, you have all these guys. But you've also lost a lot of guys. Jimmy Manoa, Ross Pearson, yeah. Michael Bisping not so long ago. Stops you, if you, you're talking about a larger European yes, market. Yeah, you need a guy who obviously reverberates with the fan base. He's proven that in the lead up to this fight. Yeah. When March comes around, 
if Brendan Lochnein isn't on that card, they're going to regret it. I, I can remember interviewing but, Brendan the, the day before UFC Manchester when Bisping yeah, fought yeah. Um, Henderson. I went down to Stockport to talk to him. And, and even then we were laughing, going, yeah. like, what do you have to do? Yeah. But to actually go through this and have to make to, to sit him out there in front of everyone and you tell him that a takedown's cost him, it's just, it, it's, it's sick, it, it's gross, you know? You know, that's like, it was the low of the low for me. And I am going to say this, I got a few texts off UFC, you know, brass people that are... You, the, the regular fan would see every week and they were actually disgusted that yeah. he wasn't signed. Well, I'm and good, it's, not the, it's not the person you think it would be. Um, it was actually someone else. But anyway, I won't get into that. But another thing I will say, you talked about traction and things like that. Who else in the fucking UFC <laughs> is getting Jesse Lingard and Marcus Rashford? Marcus, Tyson Fury, forget about that. After the biggest yeah. win, like a huge win the week before. So I'm saying, this is a guy who's linked... With On a the, Tuesday night. Yeah, this is a guy who's linked with going to Barcelona and getting 350 <laughs> grand a week. We're all linked to Barcelona. The traction alone, like, <laughs> yeah, that no, is going to get off that. It, it's just fucking mad. It's absolutely insane. Dana White, Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard, shame on yourself. Ian Dean should be the new matchmaker. Sort your shit out, lads. Ridiculous. 100%. Absolutely crazy. Right, well, well, let's get to it. That's rant one down. We oh, knocked it out. Go on now. I'm, fucking, I'm only getting the fire in my belly now, man. We just have to edit that. We'll, we'll edit out the other half an hour. We're going to go oh, on for this stop. afterwards. But um, great to speak to Brendan. Obviously, very... You know, I, I felt he was a bit disheartened when I was speaking yeah. to him. I felt like he didn't need to do this interview today. He's doing lots of interviews, but fair play to him. We always appreciate him. And um, look, as I said to him at the end of this interview, we're all pulling for him. We all want to see him get a big contract. It's up to he the fans it. as well to keep knocking on the door as well. Absolutely. PC. Absolutely. And I know they will. They've been brilliant with yeah, Brendan. Definitely. And um, look, we'll be back in about 10 minutes. And now, finally, we are joined by one of the most talked about fighters in Europe at the moment. A man who I feel should have earned a UFC contract last Tuesday. And I think you all know who I'm talking about. It's Mr. Brendan Lochnane. Brendan, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you, first of all? Yeah, not a problem. Um, just got back from America and, uh, yeah, just catching up on sleep and other things. But, yeah, it's been it's been an emotional week, to say the least. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I mean, I, I guess we should do this in order of events. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, we had talked to you. We know how much this means to you. This was a six-year road back to the UFC, a road on which I feel you've proven your 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 caliber on several occasions, proven that you're worthy of that contract. You go in and you have a very dominant performance against Bill Algio and Dana White's Shoes. I know you contender series. You know, when you have your hand raised in the middle of the octagon that night, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like that 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 has to be enough, or, or where is your mindset at that point? Um, well, two things. One, I actually, you know, I, I, I'm a very self-critical person. I wanted to knock Bill Algio out, especially mm. in the third round. So that was my main concern was doing that. So I wasn't happy that I didn't do that. Then I never know how I've actually done in a fight. So I'm like, hmm, wonder if I did enough or whatever. But then I come out, I asked Dominic Cruz, and then they said, like, what do you think? And then Dom's like come on man easily and I'm like yeah but fuck I should have knocked him out you know what I mean I was just mad at myself for not doing mm. that and taking it out of everyone's hands um, but so I didn't so then it was like I was I watched a few of the highlights back in that back room and I was like oh fuck and I beat him up and then <laughs> yes you did and then to uh, to to not get it and then to watch them other guys guys fighting people at a free and hole and low kicking them and then getting one and then that last fight with that guy who was swinging and then I was just thought there's no other real calibre on there to mine so I just thought yeah we definitely got it but then obviously when we didn't it was like fucking hell what else do you have to do it must be a nervy situation Brennan like when you finish your fight do you go backstage and then you're watching the last two fights is that how it plays out yeah no yeah well no you you walk into that 
green room thing and then you do your interview and then while your interview's on you're watching the highlights back of your own fight um i remember that yeah that's right yeah yeah that was very good yeah so she's asking you questions at the same time but then yeah obviously you go you don't have to even watch the other fights you get told to go and put in a back room when um when the last fight's on so you get to watch that and then you obviously get your decision Right, 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 and like, and and just the way they do that, they they obviously wheel you guys out. Um, I I could see your hand was in your phone, and I was wondering, I was like, can he see everybody saying like he he this is he's definitely done it. We're just waiting to get it to make it official at this point. I mean, did you were you able to look at the online traction you were getting before Dana White came out and announced who was getting signed? No, all you can see is the actual show that's on. You couldn't tell what anyone's saying. Right, right, right. Like, and, and you know. He comes out eventually, obviously, and then um, he says the words that we all didn't want to hear. But you know, he kind of um, kind of says that takedown has cost you the fight that that you landed on Aljo towards the end of it. I mean, what's that like? I mean, you've got cameras on you. You're sitting right there, and this is the guy that you know you felt you'd done enough for. Is telling you a takedown, which is obviously a very useful piece of technique in uh, in MMA, has cost you this uh, this contract. Like, I mean. How, I, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes during that situation. What was that like? Well, before on the pre-fight stuff, I said, I'm going to show in this fight that Englishmen can wrestle because we've been known to not be able to wrestle. Yeah, 100%. Fight. Yes. So that was kind of like, I'm going to show that I can, especially against a guy that everyone was saying was a good grappler. And so I wanted to verify my attacks and I also wanted to show my diversity in the attack. So that's what I was doing. And the game plan leading up to this fight was to mix up the striking and takedowns to beat this guy. But I had to because he was good everywhere too. So then I just stuck to the game plan and all could hear from a corner was get a takedown, secure it in the last last 30 seconds. So I did. And then obviously it eventually cost me a contract. Is that hard to believe when you hear it though? Like, I mean, it, what's your reaction as you're hearing that? Yeah, when you say it back, it sounds absolutely fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I but agree. What do you do? What do you do? Did you see the outrage online afterwards? I mean, does that kind of console you at all that so many people were livid at this, including me? Um, uh, you know, a lot of journalists were, and I'm not just talking about in Europe. Um, I saw my good friend Ariel Awani talking about it. Uh, I know you're due on his show today as well. I mean, everybody seemed to unanimously degree, uh, agree that, that you had done enough here and you were by far the best fighter on display. Like, I mean, does that... Was that nice to see, at least, given that what you came for didn't didn't come to fruition? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yours was crazy. You hit the nail on the head crazy, especially like when you went through the record <laughs> of the opponents had fought and all that. I was like, wow. You even said more than I even knew, really. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Then, I appreciate it. I've seen Ariels. I've seen Luke Thomas. I've seen all these guys. And I was like, shit, these are guys that I've looked up to for years. Never been able to get on their shows. Yeah. <laughs> So it was good. It was good out there. Yeah, it was really nice, and it still is, to be fair. I mean, it's humbling. Are you? Are you like? Where are you with it now? Um, as I said on my uh, on my rant about this, like, I mean, you you had you had offers all over the place, and this is the road you chose because this was you want to be competing with the best guys in the world. Um, I'm sure your phone's been blowing up. You don't have to go into details about that, but where are you now? Are you are you annoyed about this? Are you are you still? Are you pissed off or, or or is this a good thing in the long run because it's probably opened up a lot of options for you? No, I mean, I'm still in a, I'm still in a weird spot, not decided what the next move is. 
don't know where I'm going to go from here. Like I said, I'm having a bit of time off now. and then uh, So whatever comes up next is going to have to be very worth my while because it was a long time to get to that point. So whatever's next has to be very, very worth it, to be honest. Is there an ideal outcome here for you? I mean, like, if they come back and they say, look, we want you to go back on, on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, is that something you would welcome at this point? Or or how do you feel about that? Like I said, I've still not decided that. If they came back with that, I'd have to really think about it, to be honest. Well, well, like, and I mean, the, the damage you took, Brendan, man, like, you put up that post of, like, you know, you're, you're pissing blood back there straight after the fight. You took damage to the face. This was a very high-level fight. That's what I keep on um, trying to highlight to people. This this fight was already worthy of the UFC, and for you to have such a one-sided performance and to see that damage, does that make it does that make it harder for you to, to you know, to, to acknowledge this decision, <laughs> like, when, considering the toll it's taken on you physically? Yeah, well, like I was saying, that, that was a UFC fight. And I said, if you want to give me someone that's free and all, I'll show you, you this killer instinct that you're talking about. But you went in there and gave me a, a champion from another organisation. And if you want to see that level fight, that's sometimes going to be the outcome. And I'm willing to accept that, but at least accept that you've given me a tougher opponent. So, <laughs> I mean, this killer instinct that you're talking about, I'll, I'll happily do that if you want to give me an inexperienced guy like the other guys were. 5-0, and 3-0, if you want to give me one of them, no problem, but don't give me a champion and then expect, you know, for like this killer instinct that you're talking about. Did those guys say anything to you after that point? I mean, know, like, they were obviously probably celebrating their own uh, getting those contracts, but did did you get to speak to the other two guys that were signed? Did they say anything to you in, in, in terms of, you know, you should have got the contract that night or anything like that? No, I sat next to the bigger fella, I can't remember his name, uh, the heavyweight. The heavyweight, he got that knockout, and yeah. He, yeah, and he was he was sound. He was because we all got to watch my highlights, and he was just like, "Fuck, you know, watching my highlights rather than his." And then um, he was like, "Yeah, you've got one man for sure, and all that." And then obviously, when we didn't, he's like, "Wow!" But he was just so happy that he got his own. Like, obviously, that took that took premise. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, is uh like, do you regret at all like going down this path, like you know, turning down options? Like, is there any part of you that was like, "Well, what, 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 what was that all for?" because of this situation or is is the UFC still your goal basically is what I'm trying to understand no there's no regrets for taking it you know I took my opportunity when it came um, went there and did exactly what I could do but uh, I still like I say I still don't know what the future is right now what I'm going to do I'm just, uh, just taking some time off because it was a very very difficult camp as well and um, I put a lot into that so like I say I've got a lot of scars to heal up and then before I get back in the gym and then make a decision on where we'll go. Did you sneeze in Dana White's cappuccino or anything before this fight? Did you do anything to Sean Shelby's cornflakes? Uh, we're just trying to understand it. Like a bit, it must feel like that. Like after this this journey you've gone on just to get back, the fact that you didn't get a second chance the first time, uh, the Duke and Watt fight, the Pahili fight, now you're on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Does it nearly feel like these guys have a vendetta against you at this stage? It's just that it's... T- <laughs> <laughs> I know you have to be careful with what you say now, right? As well, let's be honest, because you've got all these options in front of you, right? When you like, when you've been as ranked as highly as I have for as long as I have, and then you watch guys that are ranked six, seven, ten, fifteen, all them get signed, and you're like, "What's going on here?" And then they finally give you a chance, and you go and put on a performance like that, and you don't get, it, and you're just like, "Right, well, what the fuck do I do now?" 
Yeah. Did, did did Dom talk to you afterwards? Was he blown away by this as well? I'm sure he was. Yeah, he, he was he was pretty mad too, to be honest. So, like I say, you can't even have a friend like Dominic Cruz that can get you in. So who knows what you can do? So I reckon and that shit's probably sailed now. Right, right. Well, when when do you want to get back in there, Brennan? Like, is it hard to kind of think about when you want to fight again because there's so many intangibles at play at the moment? Like, do you have an ideal time you'd like to compete again? Yeah, uh, no. Like I say, to get me back up in the morning and to be able to perform like that and this this sport is going to have to be something really, really worthwhile for me now to, to get in there again. Has to be good money. Oh, it's not even worth doing to me anymore at this stage. Well, well, is it's at that point? Like, I mean, are you? Is that where you're at at the moment? Like, it's it's you're you're contemplating your future at this time. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting older. I'm 29, and I want to have a family. I want to do other stuff. And like I say, I think they're gonna have to get me out of bed for this one. Well, well, like I, I felt as though like every other promotion should have been jumping all over this. You know, the traction you got, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, is there any way that this was a good thing for your career? I know that's probably a very stupid thing to ask you right now, but just in terms of the amount of online traction you have, everybody's talking about you. I feel like more than ever, you're you're an international name. Like, do you, like have you kind of seen signs in terms of other promotions and stuff that this has made you a, a bigger commodity internationally? Oh yeah, 100%. My name's never been as big. People didn't know who I was before this fight. Now they certainly do. So that helped a lot. Um, like, And there has been offers. And like I say, I'm going to take a few more days, have a look at them, see if there's one that's worthwhile and go with that. And that's probably the plan from now. Well, it's it's just, uh, you caught me off guard with the, the kind of, you know, you don't know if, if... Like, I mean, is this... Like, this could have been your last fight, is what you're saying. Sorry, I keep, I've, you know, I've asked you this question no, no, about three no. different times. Uh, it's just, it's just, I'm at a stage now where I've done a lot of stuff. I had three things I ever wanted to do in fighting. Three things I had won. I wanted to fight in the UFC. I got to do that. I wanted to headline the NBA Arena. I did that. I fought in Las Vegas. I did that now. And now it's like, right, what's next? And um, I have to really think about that and see. And that's, that's where I'm at with it. But there just seems like there's so much left based on that performance. It was excellent. It, it seems like, I know, I can understand why we're having this conversation, but I think anybody who saw that fight will be going, how, how can this guy be talking about retirement? He looked unbelievable, you know? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying retirement's the option. I'm just saying right now I need to have a thing. And it has it's to a be, motivation so thing. I, for example, I got five and five for that show. Come out with probably six grand spent. On camp and all that, so yes. in the end, I'm out. I'm out of pocket again, and it's like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, you need something to motivate. A, you need something to motivate your head. This one. Why am I getting? Why am I pissing blood and breaking my nose and for for? And I'm spending money to do that. And it's mm. like, what stage am I really at now? But not put the time into this to make that money and stuff. So that's my primary concern now over anything else. So that's all I'm saying, really. I can understand. I understand. Um, and is your nose okay? Like, I mean, do you said it was broken there. Is it, do you know how long that's going to be healing yeah, for and I mean, stuff? You know, it's not the first time, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nose is fine. Good, good. Well, look, Brendan, I, I, I think it will be a, an awful shame if we don't get to see you fight again. I think uh, all the promotions should try to break the bank to get you in. You absolutely deserve it. You've proven it time and time again. You should have got a UFC contract here tonight. I'm very sorry that didn't happen. But know that um, the whole of European MMA are, are, are wishing you well and hoping that you get something sorted very soon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Brendan, man. All the best. Thanks, bud. Take care, bud. Bye-bye.
Well, we are back, and um, we have finally talked <laughs> the, about the disaster that was Brandon Lochnane, and, and thank you to Brendan for getting on and speaking to us. The disaster was Brendan Lochnane. That's something I'm saying, like, Brendan's disaster. Oh, no, I meant was the disaster was the decision. I know, oh, I'm sorry, Brendan. No, but I'm, just, I'm inventing my true feelings now. <laughs> just one, uh, one final one out there. Like, I was nearly well and up listening to that, because, you know, obviously what he says there, he's mm. reconsidering his, his career, and... Listen, um, I think when you work that hard, you know, hopefully, as I think I tweeted out the other day after on Wednesday was, you know, the UFC will take a few days, you know, look at this again and go, like, we've made a legitimate mistake here. Um, so I would love to see that happen, the UFC to own up and go and bloody give the guy a contract because he deserves it. And Brennan, don't retire. I guarantee you keep knocking on the door. It's going to come down. I will. Yeah, I felt like I needed to clarify the whole, because I was going down that road and I don't think he was, but, yeah. you know, he doesn't seem, like, I mean, I hope this guy has a lot of options on the table, yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Definitely. Um, you know, we have a lot to talk about this week, it's Cage Warriors 100 this week, it's one of the most, um, I've been anticipating that card more than anything, I think, this summer, because of the amount of titles that are up for grabs, but before we can get onto that, we need to talk about Bellator London, and that wasn't without incident either, Um. You know, look, there was some great fights on there, uh, but it's... Right, let's strategy. start from the start. Let's start disaster. from the start. The app didn't work at the beginning. Yeah, I really... All right, so Franz Malambo uh, had a fantastic debut, a big win over Nathan Grace. Huge who, win. Who I think is a brilliant fighter Huge as well. Win. Nathan. Um, to get a win, that's missed by everybody. They do put that up online so people can watch it, but in the moment, we're not seeing it. Uh, before Charlie Ward comes out to get a great comeback win, the app goes dark. The prelims are gone. Uh, Charlie's fight's gone. Uh, Mike Ship and V. Van Steenis is gone, which was one of the best performances in the night from Costello v. Van Steenis. Uh, Fabian Edwards v. Basoku is gone. And uh, Keyholtz oh, v. Sorry, we, we got bonus footage. Yeah, well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> now, the look, last three look, seconds look, of the round. Right, this is the problem. You, you need to be building guys like Fabian Edwards when you are in the UK. All right, this guy is, is primetime TV. Um, you know... Another thing that they missed because of this is the Shipman fight uh, with Van Steenis. That should have been the fight. Van Steenis v. Fabian is the fight Fabian calls for afterwards. That should have been the fight that every single person at home was calling for after this mm. fight. But we didn't get to see Van Steenis win in the time at the moment. Didn't get to see it. <coughs> and it was huge. It was a really impressive fight. I got to see it through Redcast uh, via Paul Redmond. Deadly. But, um, I saw that. But it's, it's... You're shooting yourself in the foot when you do things like that. I mean... Everybody nah, was already complaining about where Fabian was on the card. And the fact that now his next fight isn't even being kind of... People aren't anticipating that already because of the fact that Costello wasn't on TV. I mean, come on, guys. Like, I mean, we don't want to be giving out about this stuff every week. Nah, it's, it's just it's, it's tiresome for me. It's punishing, man, talking about this. But we have to talk about it because it's actually regressing, if anything. Well, look, people, people are trying to tell me these are going to compete with the UFC over here. No, they're not. You're a million miles. No, they're miles. You, you can't even get the fights on, on yeah. like, anywhere. Just yeah. get, like, we need to be able to see the fights. Listen, I watched, you know, I came in after work um, on Saturday evening. I actually watched, did the same as yourself, put on the prelims on my phone yeah. and work, then got a blackout. Um, had them there beside me as about another 10 other TVs on in work keeping an eye on that got home in the evening come back in turn on the app again blackout again <laughs> go to YouTube see they made one good decision they put Malambo's fight up yeah. against Grayson on YouTube I watched that I went on and tried to chew Channel 5 in uh, manually on Sky it went to Channel 5 Spike I thought that was fucking it um, and <laughs> 
So then I went back out, had cage UFC fight pass on with Molly on, and then I had Sky Sports on the TV. Then we saw the end of the Fabian Edwards fight. Oh, bonus footage here with Mike Goldberg. Then had to change back over. <laughs> the bonus footage. And I was just going, like, why am I doing this when there's UFC Greenville on? It's easy access. I can switch it on there. Yeah. So I, I turned that on. I realized that I had tuned in. The wrong channel. The wrong channel. I was like, fuck this. I'm not going fucking find it again. <laughs> I was just like, my. I was just had that, what I actually I can feel it now again, that shivering anger, rage well, You're usually feeling. so calm. It's, I know, so strange. It's, it's mad, isn't it? But <laughs> I got so pissed off, I went, fuck this, after after James's fight and Paul Daly's fight. Yeah. Two really good fights. But yeah. it, sorry, the second fight was a really good fight. Yeah. Um, so I said, I couldn't be arsed, Pete, anymore. So yeah. what I did, turned on UFC Greenville after the prelims ended on my MacBook and I ended up uh, fucking, I streamed Gegard Musasi, you know, illegally because it was way, way easier to do it than to go having a big mission. Can I just say that. like this is... So that is five different platforms to watch one fucking fight card. Seriously, lads? Shit, or just go. Yeah, it's not good enough. But I will say... Um just for those who are listening now who don't think the fights are available, you can watch them all on the app now as far as I'm concerned. And good that they did something to that they to. can see the fights. It happens the whole time though. Yeah, but it's 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 literally every fight card now. And um, to not put the light on Fabian um, is a joke. But um, let's move it on. Look, here's another thing. Do you think Sky Sports are happy with this situation? Can't be. Like, I mean, the fact that they had that emergency footage yeah, kind of their yeah. broadcast <laughs> exactly, is beginning on this. Exactly. And they're like, what are we doing? You said I couldn't get this fight. Exactly. Now we're getting and they were, they're actually quite close to running over time as well. well they wouldn't have been happy. They, Sky would be pretty... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd imagine. ...religious on their timings. Professionals, you know? Yeah. But... Um, Rafael Lovato surprised me a lot with that win over Gayhead yeah, Masasi. It was, um, of course, he was on Eurobash. We should have known he was going to win. But, um, you know, I didn't think he was going to be able to implement the game plan that he did. It was actually really, really impressive. And um, after the first two rounds, I was like, he's been grappling for 10 minutes. He's going to be bollocks. Oh, that's exactly what I thought. I mean, but he, he's done here. But he came back in the fifth then and, and did great again. Like, it was like... It's like he conserved it himself. It was like, yeah, he took a round but did you ever hear DC, DC talking about that with yeah, Khabib he's yeah. always like you can grab for two rounds then yeah. he's going to have to take it easy and he's going to have to come back and do it again yeah I think that's what he did against McGregor uh, yeah. it was noticeable in the third round but yeah Lovato I thought he was done after the second round same as yourself conserved a bit of energy and came out and won that uh, won the fifth round and it was a phenomenal performance and we were very very sort of suspect last week um, we thought it would pan out a lot like the Roy McDonald fight yeah. and naming Gracie be, just because of the, the, the styles and the way you know Gegard is obviously really good on his uh, on his feet as well good grappler good in the ground good everywhere but I felt again though like all great respect to Lovato for winning the fight excellent performance there was something missing with Gegard there again and I think maybe this seems to happen with Gegard the motivation thing where you know, was he really, really up for it going into that? Did he think he did he think he was going to get the win? I don't know, but you I know? did. I did notice, like he spoke to Damon, uh, Damon Martin on MMA fighting ahead of it, and he he spoke a few times at the press conference about it as well. He just seemed flat. Everything he was talking about was about I want to get paid more money. That's always been Gegard. No Gegard. No, has I get, always I get it. That. I get it. It's about I money get it. Like I do want him to get more money. That's great, but I just didn't feel like. Like, when we spoke to Lovato, you could tell that yeah. he had been absolutely religiously studying Gegard Masasi, yeah. all this stuff. Like, Gegard's had about 80 fights. Like, I mean, is there does it come to a stage where, like, I'm, like, you know, I'm confident what I know. Um, I'm going to go in here and get the job done. Look at this guy's experience compared to my experience. 
you know, like, was it just one of those fights that he didn't expect but, to have but, such an but, ordeal with? But, but, but no, I don't think it was. I think Gegard is one of those guys that takes his eye off the prize. Mm. Sometimes we've seen it happen in the UFC. We saw it against Uriah Hall, mm. you know, the first time, won the rematch. We, we saw it multiple other times where he just goes out some nights and he looks a little bit flat. And I generally think it was. Like, I think if there was a rematch there, maybe Gegard... Could win it. And I think Could. they have to do the immediate rematch. I think so, yeah. You know, five rounds, it was close yeah. contest. But I, w- I will say, like, I mean, the difference I found uh, with, with Lovato compared to, say, Gracie against uh, McDonald was, it wasn't as if Lovato was never in a situation where Gracie was, where he's like, please come on the ground with me. He was forcing the issue. He was mm. the one chasing it down. Mm. He'd get him against the fence and he'd immediately look for his back. He was mm. constantly, lo- like, solve this problem Gegard solve this problem and I don't think Naaman ever kind of managed to do that against uh, Rory apart from like that heel hook yeah. attempt or something he did I thought it was it, it, maybe the mindset was similar to Rory f- from Gegard did, did he ever really look like he had that killer instinct on the feet not to me no. and I, it was surprising yeah and I think his size as well like, but Jesus Lovato was a yeah. unit man yeah. Jesus Christ yeah, he's, he's huge but, uh, huge listen phenomenal performance let's take nothing away from uh, yeah Mr. Lovato, that's that's a phenomenal thing to do to to come in, you know, after what ten pro fights and win the Bellator middleweight world title against Gabriel. Yeah, it's crazy. But Jesus, uh, Melvin yeah. Manoff, he can cap on him was a good fight. I mean, there was lots of knockdowns, lots of didn't watch it to be honest. Yeah, it was it, lots of knockdowns, stuff like that. Melvin got the nod. Uh, Kent, well, Kent ran him close. You know, he, he knocked him down in the first round himself. But then Melvin, before the round ended, I think he had him down. It was fairly ding dong stuff. Um, Aaron Chalmers, like even if he wins in the cage, he can't win. You know, like I saw the abuse. Oh, yeah. it's just it's relentless. Um, Fair play to him. Yeah, he got back there and he did it. Like I mean, it's oh, I don't really like. I mean, I think you're gonna see this notable drop off in skill set, like for Aaron fights because Aaron's only new in his career. You know what I mean? And I think it makes it stand out though when you, when you're framed by Paul Daly <coughs> and um and and who it was a man off then and Kent in the other fight. Like I mean, that's just a different level of fight. Uh, has the traction? The fan traction dropped off a little bit from our Iron Charmers. I feel it maybe it does. I felt it did week. beforehand, but then I felt it kind of came back at the weekend a bit. Um, but maybe you're right. Like I felt like the loss. You know, Aaron. Aaron isn't the type of guy. Like, should they be smothering them cards with big names like they did? No. Um, what do you mean? You know, there was a lot of you know, you know, Paul Daly. We oh yeah, yeah, yeah. James I thought Gallagher. that was all good, but when you're you're getting in man off instead of putting like one of the guys you're trying to build, yeah. you know, like that was a spot for Fabian or or Shipman Van Steenis. Like, I mean, I, I know Fabian's performance wasn't his most spectacular, but you know, you have you have to get this guy up for this. Like, you're going to be on Sky Sports tonight, mate. Yeah, you know what I mean? Time. Like, it's I, I I wouldn't be surprised if someone told Fabian that he wasn't going to be on TV seconds before that fight. To be honest, mm. and it had an impact. Like, like, I'm not that he, not that I think he fought badly. I did, I don't. I just think he was very conservative. You know, like because yeah. he could see from the the word go that John and Basaku could could bang, and they both they both mixed it up early on. I think he was kind of thinking, well, why do I have to go here out here and it's, sacrifice this situation? I mean, to give this other guy the shot. Exactly, you have to have performances like that. I think to develop. It as shows well. a maturity. It you does. Know? Yeah, it does definitely. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um. It was a big card. Uh, I don't have it in front of me here. I was going to go back through uh, what else we have on it. James and Labiano. Oh yes. James James is like straight after the fight. That was a shocking yeah, um, yeah, revelation, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and fair play to him for getting out there and doing it. Like I always say to him, and I have done since he's a very young guy. I always say to him, "How do you deal with this?" Because I would have crumbled many times if I, when I was his age under oh. this kind of stress and this that, that kind of situation. So it doesn't surprise me to hear it. I'm surprised to hear him speak so candy about. It. I think that's a great. Like he thing. said he was. He was physically had to be removed from the facility in SPG Concord because of the panic attacks. Yeah. And thrown up. That's serious, man. I used to suffer a panic attacks and believe me, man, 
holy God, nothing more frightening in your life than having panic attacks. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. And I literally, the minute I saw it, I went boom. Mm. I'm out writing a little piece and this get this out there. It was very mature for him to come out but and it's say good. that. Yeah, it's great for him to it be is. open about yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you one thing, you usually the same way as you'll see with uh, you know, polarizing figures like James, like straight away people are going, Oh, what, what? Jeremy Lobano's no slouch, like you know, he, he's not like he yeah. absolutely isn't. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Look what James did. That takedown he gets off the fence. He does the same thing every fight, but he's so good at it. The you second know, he, round was more Oh yeah, Labiano came back into the it. The second yeah. round was more um, sort of defining for me of what Gallagher is about when he's on the deck how well he re- rode out that round with a guy like Labiano on yeah, top of him yeah. very very impressive from James that second round he obviously he's, lost a round but then came back in the third wasn't the most ex- explosive fight in the world but when you have problems like that two weeks before a fight and you're fight, in there, fighting the most experienced person you've ever fought like. and to get in there and show those balls after having all those issues to go out and get a win you'll take it at any cost and he did a fair play to the young lad big old pair of Straban yeah, balls on him Straban balls um, <laughs> Strabana balls. <laughs> Strabana balls. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Oliver Encamp got off to a win. That was in the post limb. They're a thing now. Um, oh, yeah, post limbs. But I mean, Koslo Van Stenis, man. That have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. It's seen unbelievable. It. Like I mean, he, he creased Mike Shipman. Like like Shipman's a, a savage. Yeah, is yeah. an animal, man. But. Man, this guy, Costello Van Stenis, they got to make that Fabian Van, Van Stenis fight. And it's going to be absolutely nuts. But could you imagine if it was on TV and people could have seen it and then they were like, this is the fight they're going to make? Well, listen, hopefully <laughs> they'll get that sorted now for the Dublin cards. Because um, they've killed the shipment fight. They've killed, like, yeah. you know, you, you were playing around too much and you didn't make yeah. that happen. Now you got to make this one happen. Um, just a note as well. Charlie Ward has been amazing since he went to the... 5-0, 4-0. Is he 4-0 now? 4-0, yeah, in Bellator. Unbelievable, man. Savage record from Charlie, another fair knockout. Play yeah, fair play to him. He's, he's got his... And he had a hard, tough round, I heard. for The, the, the first round of that fight was very difficult. Like, I heard it was uh, pretty... Like, he, he lost it, you know? Yeah. That's a pretty pretty concise Well, that's... You know, Charlie is that knockout power, and I think when you have that knockout power in that division, at that weight class, um, you know, you can, you can sort of sometimes lose a round and then come back into the next round and, and you know, go hell for leather and get a knockout. It's like a hammer. How many times have we seen that happen in middleweight, like yeah. heavyweight, those divisions? And but I'll say, like, about Charlie as well, he seems to be getting very comfortable with the spotlight. Like he does, I, he yeah. likes it. You I, can tell yeah. that. You hear the interview, you go, ah, grand jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, it's good. It I heard, is good. I heard our boys, uh, Sean Betts and Steve at this point, they didn't get him uh, backstage. Nah. They, man, when Charlie came, I'll never forget that, man, at Beltor 200, when Charlie yeah. came back and he just lit the whole place yeah. up, man. That was magic. He just do that every time he was brilliant um, Charlie Leary was brilliant against Chris Bungard yeah. and it really highlights how good Paul Redmond is oh yeah like I mean Again. Leary was, like Chris Bungard as we saw against Terry Brazier this guy has skills and for Charlie to come out and do that to him I thought that was really really impressive he was completely dominant I felt it's going to be interesting to see now like, I think Paul you know Paul wants to go to the States and fight against you know Americans from what I think he's been sort of putting out in Twitter and things yeah, like yeah. that so um, but I'd love to see Paul get his, um, you know, um, rewards and just for being a servant of Irish mixed martial arts. And you said beating the guys he's beaten. Um, I'd love to see him get a, a spot in the co-main or main here. I think it'd be brilliant. It'd be great, but I do think yeah. you're right in terms of the US. Yeah, Kate Jackson, so. a great win over Lena. Can't pronounce her second name. Terry Brazier, uh, back to winning ways after that loss to Chris Bungard with a, an Americana win over Alessandro Botti. Luke Ord beat Nathan Rose, man. Nathan Rose was thought to be a big prospect, you know, like mm-hmm. Jimmy Mano has been pumping that guy an awful lot, Luke Gord. 
um, breaks that winning momentum he had. Alfie Davis got a toe to the hole. Did you see that? that? It was absolutely disgusting. It was like right, right in the ring piece. Canella, Canella has spoke to uh, Guilherme saying that that there's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely something wrong with that, mate. You're not going to put your your foot in someone's cavus. <laughs> You're just not. <laughs> the cavus or whatever the, the fuck. fuck. I don't know. Whatever you call your it. hoop. I believe yeah, the You're term. not allowed. Like you're not no, you're just definitely not allowed to do that. I'm surprised the guards weren't at his hotel room Jeez. two hours later. <laughs> I tell you what, it was it was fucking disgusting. It was graphic, man. But like Bellator there planted it out in their fucking Instagram, no shame. Holy god. I know, but I mean these things have to be highlighted. These things happen in MMA. <laughs> they do happen. Hear that in MMA. once fucking more. I swear to God, this computer's gonna hit the fucking window. <laughs> Keith McCabe gave a great account of himself against Galar Bufando. Bufando, an explosive striker, Keith was standing there with him. Like, I mean, he, he went to the full 15 minutes on short notice. And I'm still going to say it again. If you want to put on a fight in Dublin for Dylan Danis, yeah, get saying, Keith in there. You've been saying it. But, no, but the I mean, butcher. like, they aren't going to... Right, look, like, Keith is three and four now, right? Well, what's Danis going to want to fight at 180 or what, like, his little s- s- special catch weights that he does? It's called Danis weight. Danis weight. I'll have you know. Um, but I mean, I think that's a, a realistic opponent. Like Keith has won fights; he, he's dangerous in, in in situations. He he has lost to Kiefer, he has lost to Richie. I think these are all reasons that will help him mm. if they want to put a fight on there. And I also think it'd be a big thing for Dennis to fight in Dublin. Like look at the look at the rope Peter Queeley got uh, coming off the back of his relationship with McGregor. I can see, I can see him like coming out in Dublin and getting a big. Uh, response from the crowd there, man. Like I, I can honestly see that. Like I know. Do you think I, the crowd will be with him? Yeah, yeah, I do. Like yeah. there's always I, a lot of SPG heads around, isn't there? But it's not even that. It's like it is that. It's Connor fans, right? Yeah. Like I mean, uh, the abuse that Miles was getting. Like this is a guy that's been fighting over here for ages, representing Ireland. Like and yeah. and, and look, that's the way it is. And look, that's uh, that's turned into a good thing for Miles Price's career. It turned into a good thing for Peter Queeley's career. Everybody's happy. Um, I think it would look good for Bellator to have Dylan walking out in, in Dublin like ah. Yeah, I think you're you're more likely to see uh, a fighter like that on a card here than you will be with a different promotion like the UFC mm. because obviously I think well they can build him here like I th- mean that's it, it makes I mean. sense for him to come and it fight it does no I totally agree with you I think it would be a good idea um, I, I'd love to see the reaction though I, I don't think it'd be as plain sailing as, as you reckon it would be um, you know some of the pictures and stuff he puts up um, quite looking pro- great quite provocative uh, yeah that's what we want we don't want boring guys no, that's, that I, no I agree with you and I, no I, listen I, I think it will be a, a good scrap And uh, but listen the Bellator matchmaking hasn't been the, the best in, in recent months in Ireland anyway but uh, Justin Borlinson I should mention also we got a win over Wendell Lewis it looked like a 9 second KO but I believe that uh, Lew- Wendell Lewis's knee went so unfortunate one for him um, John Redmond lost a split decision to Kevin Freuer Um he fell to 7 and 14 there with that one. But um, he has put out on social media that he will be back. Um, and he felt like he put in a good performance. His first fight under the SBG banner, of course. And we also we already mentioned Franz and Nathan. Uh, so let's get on to the UFC Greenville card. We're only going to go through the European stuff here because it's just too much this week, guys. I'm sorry. Um, well, we have to give the mention the zombie. We'll mention zombie. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely give my uh, zombie the mention now. Um, look, I've been a fan of this guy forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Ever since his WC days. Um Looked absolutely brilliant. That is no main feat what he did to Mike Hanna there. My but God. There was zombie fans crying in the arena oh, I was one of them. Well, it was unbelievable. In Dublin. Listen, um, to go out, do that against a guy like Mike Cano. Mike an animal. We man. thought, you know, it was very impressive from one of the best featherweights of all time and Jose Allo to do it. Yeah. Look what zombie did to him. Absolutely went out from the get-go and slaughtered poor Mike Cano. 
it was over after that first. I think it was the knee landed. Was it? It's a, do you know it's the just, right? It was like the right hook set it all. Yeah, up. it was. It was lovely counter. Um, but what what I love about it is. I didn't know if he could ever come back and rejoin the top of the division after taking so long off. Yeah, and to see him do it, he, oh, he's done it. Like, yeah. he's he's doing it. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's already doing it. Um, unbelievable guy. And I just love his energy. It's completely yeah. different. He's such a mysterious dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, Did his military service, came back, has a family, has yeah. so much support in Korea. Great haircut. You know. The best t-shirt in MMA. Great guy. Great guy. I love the, the mystique, as you say, about him. It's like this superhero from... Um, <laughs> Obviously, a foreign land in South Korea. Korea. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Yeah, Molly, like I was obviously covering the Bellator fights, but I could just see. Um, Twitter just going fucking mental. Yeah, I was watched, watched all of it. Even my editor, Brian, got onto me. He's like, here, Molly, it looks unbelievable. Like, it's rare that Brian would get onto you and say something. Like, you know, but like, he was he, like, he, Molly looks unbelievable. Molly wasn't getting beaten that night. And she, like, Greenville were actually screaming her name as well. She's down. just, she's so cool, oh, man. Me, ball, me, ball. But me she's just, ball. she's just a, such a personable person. And she relates to so yeah. many people. She's a real, she's a, she is a people's champion. You know what the best thing about her is? Huh? She's an Everton fan from Liverpool. <laughs> I love that. But look, I I feel like, you know, look, we were really excited about this Cage Warriors champion v KSW champion. Yeah. But you know, Ariane's in a in a difficult situation now. Like I, I don't think anyone would have predicted that she comes in and she loses two fights and the bounce to anyone. The end of the first round, um, Molly obviously got in a dominant position. I think she's in side control and she was landing uh, hammer fists on the side of Ariane's face. Ariane got back up. She looked right, walked left. Her legs were all over the place. I just wonder if she took such a bashing in her first fight, confidence-wise, and clearly she looked nervous in that first fight as well. I felt, anyway, she didn't let go. She let go a little bit more in this one, but towards the end of the round, she just looked like she just didn't want to be in there. She was white as a ghost, as I, as you said yeah. on the phone there to me today. And um, Did you see her between the second and third round? I thought that was even worse. It was like, their, like our coaches had to urge her to go back in. Like Molly was overwhelming her. Like overwhelming her, like I mean, big time, man. and we it's said relentless. we we said the big thing about this was who's going to be on the front foot because both do yeah. a lot of damage on the front yeah. foot. Molly took it, and what I noticed about Molly was she was completely calm in the corner, like she was very relentless in the in the actual cage. But when she went back to her corner, she was talking to everybody fine, really calm. I have to go in and do this, and it's just brilliant she, to see she, it. She Put was, it all together. She wasn't as um, maybe reckless as Frenetic. she was. Yeah, like she's in usually her, erratic her and stuff like fights. that, you know? She was cool, calm, composed, calculated. And you could see that difference um, from her last two fights. And I think Ariane, I don't know what's going on there as well. Um, it's a big step up, man. We it, see it, it often. Big, we see it, it often. It is a big step up. But, but you know, some, we often say on this show, and I think obviously a lot of hacks say this, that you learn so much from your first loss. But it can go the other way sometimes as well. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you overthink it and that looks like is what has happened with Ariane, especially mm. the nerves. Like you could tell her legs. She just didn't look as though she wanted to be in there, to be yeah. honest with you. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but I just think we should say fair play to Molly. Like so many people were after her fo- first fight oh, against yeah. Gillian. She's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You shut them up, Molly. Fair play to you. Shut their fucking mouths. Yeah. Fair big, play to big you. Time, brilliant it, performance. She did it against a fantastic opponent as well. And listen, yeah. I hope it works out for Ariane as I well. I do as well. She's brilliant. She's, she deserves to be Phenomenal in there. Phenomenal fighter. Definitely. Like, do not cheapen this win for Molly McCann. That was a savage she's yeah. in there. Um, moving on, Italy's Penna destroys Wyman. I have written down here. We don't know if Noel wants to claim him as one of her own. No, yet. no, no, no chance. Listen, it, <laughs> I said this before the fight. I, I, I concerns about Wyman getting back in there. It's four years since we've seen him in the in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Concerns justified. And really, 
you know, it was tough to watch. I don't like saying it. Tough to watch. Corner probably should have pulled him between the second and third. Yes. Yeah, I felt so too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of blood there, man. A lot of blood. A lot of cuts. He just got sparked. A lot up, of contact. And like, let's be honest. All respect to Pena. Decent fighter. Is he a world beater? I don't know. Probably not a world beater yet. You couldn't say. But he's very. He's a. He's a difficult skills guy. Look, give him that much. Like he's. He's hard to fight. He's very tall. Oh, yeah. But when he's landing knee after knee after knee for two rounds, come on, yeah. you know yeah. why? I, I thought he was brilliant. Looked, I thought he did a brilliant job. The corner should have looked at that and gone. Listen, Matt isn't in this anymore. Let's pull him from the second round. He was, man, he was beaten up. It was a mess. It was, it was just... He was all class afterwards yeah, as well. listen, great guy. Loved 100%. watching him fight. But I think, you know, you draw a line under it now. And, and it's just tough to watch when you see guys like that come back and they just can't seem to leave the sport alone. There was not. There was one fight I didn't get to see on this card just with the way they overlapped. And then because it was on the main card, I couldn't access it that easily. Um, Alessio De Chirico. Is that how I say his name? Ch- ch- uh, ch- ch- what was it? Chiricchio, I think. Chiricchio, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, was he robbed? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. I wasn't. I wasn't no. overly. I wasn't overly. I'm not going to comment. I don't know. It was a robbing. Um, he got pissed off. I actually probably scored it for um, his opponent. Um, I had it. What did I have it? I had it. Twenty nine, twenty eight, I believe. But it was one of these fights where, if you look after the um, the interview and the fight, he stormed off and was no, he wouldn't shake your man's hand. He, he was ah, come on now. He was screaming at him it's and not things his like that. So Kevin Holland, uh, Kevin Holland, it wasn't. A, it was a poor fight to be honest. With you. It wasn't a great fight, but uh, Kevin Holland, I believe, popped his shoulder out as well, Jeez. dislocated his shoulder between rounds. Um, so to get a win, I suppose, under those circumstances is good. But both guys really didn't seem to get going at all, and I don't think Dana White would be too happy. Um, watching that, uh, well, who knows after that Brendan Lockman stuff. Quite honestly, <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> but, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't have that much qualms with the decision. All right, all I didn't right, at all. Um, well, let's get on to the main event of everyone's weekend. Uh, Bare Knuckle FC from the beautiful Tampa, Jeez. Florida. Um, look, I was there for one reason for Artem and and Polly. I wasn't there for anything else. And, and to be honest, like I, I had some friends come over to watch this fight, and the interest was really dying until Artem and Polly came out. You know what I mean? Um, Seeing Chris Lee even getting, you know, again, I'm just. Yeah, I know. Look, oh, I was gonna say you did watch this for the for the function of this show. Yeah, you I, gave I, it a go. I did. I recorded. It was free on air sports. So and uh, fair play to um, fair play to Artem. You know, that's a that's a big win. That's two wins in a row on Bare Knuckle uh, FC. He he has he has elevated his stock to a level far beyond where he was in the UFC. Mm. Now he was driving the interest in this fight. I'm sure Polly sold a lot of tickets with his uh, boxing history as well. But my God, Artem leaves that with a hell yeah. of a lot of stock and that man's going to get paid wherever he goes. If he wants to fight in Bare Knuckle, mm. fair enough. If he wants to go back to MMA, if he wants to go to boxing, I have a feeling it's going to be a lucrative situation for him now. Yeah, well, I think he's going to fight for, you know, he said after the fight he wants that Bare Knuckle world title. Oh. So that's an interesting one for me. But I'd like to just comment on Artem first of all. Um, I thought he showed Tur tur class after the fight yeah. didn't say anything bad about Paulie. He's you know, carried himself very well throughout this became, whole promotion. We've became, never given him too much stick. Paulie was the Paulie one that was, was really bringing it to the gutter. Disgrace. He was bringing it into the gutter, man. And, to, and for Paulie to come and say, man, and I know it's obviously tough for a competitive guy like Paulie, but to come out and say he, he didn't hit me, like, man, look at your face, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, that just bothers me. Like, only the once. Only the once, yeah. He, he must hit him have, once in the whole fight. And it's he all must, his different knuckles. He must have, yeah. <laughs> Ten knuckles, shuffle, John Cena, or whatever they call it. Listen, man, just, 
yeah, I'm glad you're not fighting again because I don't like you. I think you're a disgrace to boxing and um, the way you carried yourself, uh, spitting on a guy's face is just you Saying know, you're going to piss on a guy's mouth after you break his teeth. Like, there you go. Well, well, yeah, and, and what he said as well, I think, on the build up to actually to, to MMA fighting, um, what he said was, um, it was obviously a clip, I think it was from a press conference. You know, talking about boxing fans and MMA fans. Must have been Jose, yeah. Oh, um, well, Casey was over there as well. Absolutely actually. just ludicrous comments coming out of the guy's mate. And I was, I was, I was glad. I don't well, we paid your wages that night, mate. So yeah. um, boxing wouldn't do that for you. Yeah, so. um, there you go. So, yeah, listen, I'm glad to see the back of Paulie. Um, fair play to Artem. I, I'm still is, not... Is, is, is Paulie done now? Do you believe yeah. he's done? Yeah. Like, listen, he's just, you know, coming out and saying he was going to do what he did and then didn't get a sniff of going anywhere near it. And, of course... The first thing he said, I think, as everyone sort of said before, and oh, my hand's broken. Mm. Okay, okay, man, just just go gracefully. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just very frustrating to see. people Did you like score that. for Artem? I did. I had, a, yeah, I did. one one four and five. I think I scored for yeah, Artem. I, I, I three rounds to two for yeah, Artem. Yeah. I don't know what. what yeah, what I, know, I'm Defin- I think it's one definitely four, five. the fifth. And but I think you know, watching the fight, Paulie was shuffling around, did a lot of feints, but Ar- not a Artem, lot of contact. Though. Artem was was pressing if you were the a judge issue. watching that was pressing it, pressing it, pressing it. Always trying to land, always trying to go out. I think his ability to close distance from his MMA background yeah. actually really messed really up Paulie yeah, because Paulie's waiting for this close counters um, in, in the pocket all the time, and Artem was running at you from oh, the bell. Yeah, he was, he was sprinting, <laughs> yeah. and he was going left and right and changing his stance. It was. Yeah. Listen, fair play, fair play to him. Best look um, to him, man. And yeah, well, well done. He carried himself excellently as well. And I, I think it's great to see him doing so well beyond the UFC because I never felt they, they, like, I mean, they were putting him in big spots, but there was no real. I felt I never felt there was a good plan for him. Yeah, you know, I felt like they were just, oh, let's Cub yeah. Swanson, you'd, oh, let's do this. You'd wonder about Bare Knuckle though. You know, where's this money? You know, um, how long it's going to go on? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the like. I mean, the product was good. It didn't look too bad, but it just. I don't know. I just it was very hard to hold my interest. Like I yeah. mean, me and the lads it doesn't, it when doesn't, we were watching it, we got excited about the Vaseline situation. We were like, "The petroleum yeah, jelly, get yeah, this guy updating yeah. us about this again." This is far more interesting. But yeah, um, um, yeah. Listen, it's not my cup of tea. Again. Yeah, it's gonna take me. It's gonna take a big fight for me to go back. You know. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing Chris Lee when as well got knocked out of it. Like, come on. Did he get knocked out? He lost the decision. Yeah, our decision. Whatever. Yeah. He got beaten up badly anyway. And Dakota Cochran. It's just, it's just, just a no. What's the story with Artem and, and Jason Knight? Are they best buds now? Jason Knight, man, they should have left him outside the the ring for that. I felt, yeah, uh, it was, it was a bit weird. Yeah, maybe they're trained together. I don't know. He's calling out Paulie Malinaj. He just lost me. He said he's going to retire. Sit down. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> nah. I think Artem was like, why, why is this dude here again? I hope we got to fight him again. Listen, not it's not for me. Um, uh, again, you know, it's 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 the older fighters, old UFC vets, um, you know, old boxers going in. It's someone's going to get seriously hurt. I feel. Someone think about the children. Um, right now, we have a huge. We're going to have a really in depth look at this Cage Warriors one hundred card when we're back. But there is no better way to start this off than to talk to Nicholas Dalby, a man whose story has really, really resonated with the fan base. I mean. Nicholas had some serious issues with depression, with his mental health uh, after his UFC stint. He's gone back to the path which got him to the big stage, Cage Warriors. And, and it didn't go all that well, first of all. You know, he came back and there was a split decision loss to Carlo Pedersoli. It says something about the strength of Nicholas Dalby's name when a guy gets signed immediately after beating him. That's that's how valuable a win is seen over Nicholas Dalby. This weekend, he fights Ross Houston for the welterweight title. Ross Houston's already got the golden ticket in the belt. But the one thing you need, if you don't have it already, with the belt, is a win over a UFC veteran. And here comes Nicholas Dalby. This is a very, very interesting fight. He's a very, very interesting man, Nicholas Dalby. So we're going to leave you with our interview with him. And we'll be back in about 15 minutes to, to really give this card a good looking over. 
He is one of the most talked about men on this uh, Cage Warriors 106 card, the Night of Champions. He is the man everybody's talking about ahead of this one. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to introduce Nicholas Dalby back to Eurobash. Nicholas, how are you, my friend? I am doing awesome. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm even better because I get to watch you fight this weekend. And I mean, <laughs> Thank it's, you. it's an incredible one because, you know, it's been a long road back to this title. Um, and you're right here now. I mean, this has been a three-fight journey with, with Cage Warriors since since your departure from the UFC. Uh, it got off to a not a great start with that split decision loss to Petter Sully, but you've battled yeah. back with two brilliant wins against Lahore and Mulpeter. And now you're here. How does it feel? It's so close now. You can nearly touch it. It feels amazing. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think last fight I had this like full circle moment with, with all the like coincidences that came together for the fight. Um, so this is just, to me, feels like I'm cementing my destiny and my place in Cage Warriors and, and in the future of this sport. Right, and I mean, you you made no secret about you know battling your demons ahead of this, and that was way before even even the Petter Sully fight that you came out and you made this public. I mean, is it good to see so many people get behind you and support you? Because I've seen a an amazing outpouring of emotion for Nicholas Dalby over the last year. Yes, of of, of course. When you when you bear yourself and and open yourself up to the world it's it's nice to see that what i'm putting out is is getting well received um you know it's it's personal stuff so i'm just happy that that people they take something from it um be it uh, getting better mental health themselves or or just uh, you know getting interested in in this danish fighter so uh, so i'm just happy for all the support no matter how big or small it is it's it's actually a big plight in the the fighting industry. It's something that I hear about an awful lot, but don't see it actually being talked about publicly like you did a lot. Do you feel like, you know, maybe it's going to help some guys to see you speaking about this and seeing how successful you've been since then? Do you do you believe it will help some fighters to see you being so open like this? Um, I I I hope so. I haven't heard from any fighters that have. Well, actually, there's been a couple. I think actually, if I if I uh, think about it, mm. there's been a couple guys that let me know that you know it's an inspiration to to hear me getting back on the horse after after going through what I did. Um, that was an inspiration to them. But I also heard from just you know normal regular people that that you know doesn't fight that that's also um found some inspiration in my story so that that just adds even more fuel to the fire absolutely i've got to ask you about your opponent ross houston the champion and there's there's been a lot of talk between you two guys uh you you haven't been shy about putting your finger in each other's chest what 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 do you think of this guy ross houston i mean have you watched his fights and and if so what do you think of his ability first of all um, well, as a fighter, he's decent. Um, I've, of course, watched all his fights, uh, as I always do with, with every opponent I fight. And, and he's, he's got some tools for sure. But I also think that uh, he, he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk, if you know what I mean. Um, he, uh, I don't think his, his fighting skills matches his uh, self-confidence. 
Right. And uh, uh, do you do you see the parallels <laughs> that I see between you on your first run with Cage Warriors when you were undefeated, um, and and Ross now? Do you, do you kind of compare that? Do you think it, it, it's in a similar situation he's in to where you were on your first Cage Warriors ascent? Mm, not really. I I felt like even back then I was a more complete fighter, and and if I had fought him back then, I I, I would have for sure won the fight as well. So. Um, so that's yeah. just a bad uh, comparison as far as you're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Um, you know, he, he, he seems to be a nice guy, but he just, uh, I think the way he tries to come across, it just gets a bit cringy because he's trying too hard. It's, it's the new thing in MMA these days, the king of cringe in the UFC. And, and do you believe Ross is cage warriors, <laughs> the king of the king of cage warriors cringe? I'll let the people decide that, but I, I don't, you know, I, I think, I, I feel like he's trying too hard and it shows and it falls through. Um, yeah. He's a big dude. Like when I, when I look at the fight, like his size always kind of, it's staggering nearly when you see the guy, he's very, very big. It, do, yeah. you, do you feel like that's a, a key weapon for him here? His just his sheer physicality and size? Yeah. In some, in some aspects of the fight, it, it for sure is, but Again, I I don't feel like he's so good at utilizing his his weapons. Um, let's see if he's improved for this fight. But but you know I've taken account for for that happening as well. Um, and that's that's why I feel like he isn't living up to his full potential because he he's he's I think he's underperforming in regards to to the the physical traits he has. Mm. Um, and for me personally, fighting him. Yeah, he's a big dude, but he's not bigger than Darren Till or even like I think one of them was in my fourth or fifth uh, pro fight. I've you know I fought a huge dude from Finland, so I've I've been in there with people that his size and you know of course they can they can they can be strong, but uh, then there's so many other things you can do with them. Yes, it feels like a silly question in hindsight, given that you're uh, Scandinavian and everybody over there is at least two foot taller than me, at least anyway, you know, you guys are all huge. <laughs> but, um, he's uh, yeah. he, he's like when people look at this fight, Nick, the one thing people keep saying to me is like Houston's never fought a guy like Nicholas Dalby before, but mm-hmm. th- they feel like you're the best opponent he's ever been put against. Um, yeah. Can you say that same thing for him? Because like we know the, who you fought, you know what I mean. Can you? Is it any way arguable that this is the biggest test of your career? Um, like if I if I look at the if I look at Houston on paper, he's he's nowhere near the the most dangerous opponent I've ever fought. But for sure, this is one of the the most pivotal fights of my career. Mm. So the fight itself, and of course, Houston is a part of that. Is is a very pivotal moment for me, but but looking just at Houston and, and the, the tools he carries in his toolbox, I wouldn't put him on a you know top three of of the best opponents ever fought. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering about that, and I'm also wondering about an unbeaten guy. Like when you're planning, is it harder to to plan for an unbeaten guy because you don't have that? Uh, footage of him being beaten you know like as in a lot of people they go unbeaten and then their first loss everyone says there's the blueprint to beat this guy does it make it a more difficult task to construct a game plan to beat this guy if he hasn't been beaten before mm, well that, that kind of depends on if he had lost how he'd lost like if he got knocked out in six seconds you wouldn't be able to tell a thing right from that yeah okay good point. so fast so um but 
you know, he's he's gone to a lot of decisions, which means there's a lot of footage on him, and, and you know, that's given us a very good picture of who he is as a fighter, um, and and in what way we we think he could have improved. Um, plus, he puts up a lot of stuff on his social media that gives us clues as well. So, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, what's this about? What, can you can you uh, elaborate on that somewhat, or, or is this a secret that you're not telling us? No, it's not. It's not a secret. We've just been looking at what he's been putting out on social media, and you know, having a look. It's given you some hints. Yeah, well, it's it's confirmed things. Let's say like that. Very interesting. So, uh, but you know, yeah, he's he's a, he's. When you're in the cage, one thing is looking at video, and and another thing is being in the cage. And I I recognize that with Pelosoli. Not that I overlooked him, but I uh, from looking at video of him. I thought it was maybe gonna be an easier fight. Um, plus, I was coming back from you know uh, a lot of years out and stuff like that. So, so it was a more difficult fight than I expected. So having that happen to me has for sure uh, put me in a state where I'm I'm never gonna look past an opponent ever. The listeners of the show will hear our interview with Graham Boylan later on in the episode, but I'll tell you something he said to me. Um, he, he praised mm-hmm. you not only as a fighter, but as a person. But he also said that he believes that, you know, four fighters could be on the UFC's radar after this event. The, one of the most yeah. prominent stories, uh, the most prominent story, is about the fact that people believe that you're not only fighting for... Ross Houston's welterweight title, but they believe you're fighting for a slot on that UFC Copenhagen card. When this fight was announced, people were saying, if Dalby wins this fight, he should be the first name on that card. Do you believe, yeah. I mean, I've seen this grow and grow since the fight's been announced. Like, do you, do you believe that this is the one, this is the one that will get you back to the promised land, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, I like the, the way you put it. Um, yes, for sure. That's, that's why I feel this fight is so pivotal and, and that's why I've prepared so uh, intensely for it. Uh, I've really been been yeah improving my skills even more than, than for the last fight and, and especially uh, my mental uh, where I'm mentally has has gotten even better than before. Do like do the UFC give you a hint when you're this close to something like this? Because obviously it's hard for media guys to get this kind of information off the UFC, but um do, do you guys get a hint when it's coming up close do, or do you just get a feeling? Does it just feel like everything is moving towards that situation? Uh, well, if, if you're asking me directly, if I've gotten any hints, no, I haven't. But that could be my managers just, you know... Uh, Messing with you. You know, making sure my head is focused on the right task. Um, but I think either way, it's... It doesn't matter too much because I think being, you know, told that, hey, if you win this fight, you uh, having UFC come and say, if you win this fight, you're going to win. Maybe that could put some pressure on that would be detrimental. So I like just focusing on this fight and doing the best job as, as I can. And then that should, uh, you know, determine what, what happens next. But surely if this fight goes according to plan and you have the performance that you have planned in your mind... You'd be disappointed if that call didn't come, right? Like, I mean, would you be? I I shouldn't be putting words Absolutely. in your mouth. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'd, I'd be I'd be very disappointed because I really feel like uh, even in the last fight that I showed, I am way better than amazing than against Lahore than every 
yeah, thank you. I'm I'm way better than than everyone else in in the Cash Wars welterweight division right now. So uh, and I, and you know I, I really feel like I'm a couple of steps ahead, or a couple of levels above. And uh, yeah, so if I don't get signed back to the UFC, um, they're they are missing out, then they are making a mistake. I agree but with I'm you. Sure, but I, but they like to make good decisions, so I'm sure it's going to happen uh, after I've put on an awesome performance. Given everything that's happened, Nick, and, and given the road you've been on and this amazing story uh, for, for guys like me, especially, of course, but, um, you know, do, do you look back on your UFC fights, um, you know, the, the last couple, like, do, do you look back on them and, and regret? Do, do you have any regret when you look back on them or, or how do you feel about it? I did at one point, um, but now I don't have any regret anymore. Um, that was... A- that that was a part of of the journey I've been on to be where I'm at now, for better and worse. And if I hadn't gone through those fights, gone through what all the shit I've gone through, I wouldn't have been where I am now with a beautiful fiance, a, a, a incredible, amazing daughter, um, good mental health. Uh, I'm in a good place right now, so I wouldn't like switch that out for anything else. And and I wouldn't be where I am today if stuff hadn't happened the way it did. It's an incredible outlook you have. Um, you know, do you have a, like, I mean, this is a very cliche question to ask you, but do, do you have a prediction when you think about this fight, how it will end? Is there a way that it keeps playing out in your head when you see it? Mm, pure violence. Wow. <laughs> I like the sound of that, Nick. Did you get Dylan Dennis's shorts, by the way? That's, that's another question I wanted to ask you. I saw you online earlier. You want the leopard skin shorts for this one. Um, yeah, leopard print is my thing. No, he hasn't replied yet. I think. I'm, I'm oh, come on, Dylan. For, yeah, I'm looking for a reply. Maybe I'm not famous enough. Oh, I do have on. that blue check mark on Twitter, but he hasn't replied yet. This is terrible. This is terrible. You yeah. got to tell you where he yeah. got the goddamn leopard skin shorts. But um, exactly. Nick, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to see you in London. Um, I can't wait to see you fight again. And thank you for giving me so much time ahead of this fight. I really appreciate you. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, it's a pleasure always to talk to you. So. Uh, yeah, call me anytime. Thank you so much, Nick. You have a child to look after there. I can hear her. I'm annoying her by taking up her time with her father. I'm very no, sorry. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All the best, my friend. You're welcome, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Great to speak to Nicholas Dalby, as always. What a man, what a gent. I can't wait for that for you. I think it's main event for a reason, uh, given his story, given given the, the implications of a win for either him or Ross, I think it's absolutely massive for everyone really fighting for the title that night and the rest. It's um, a big one, isn't it? It's huge. It, it's huge. Um, but let's have a look, right? Let's get Minneapolis out of the way. Uh, there's only a couple of Europeans on this card and it's main evented by Francis. Francis Ngannou from France, not Cameroon. Ireland. He's from Ireland. Um, Dos Santos, I can see this being a, a serious, serious... Uh, task for Francis to be honest I, I do, like I think Junior striking is unbelievable I, I think he's unbelievable I think he's made a lot of guys look amateur that he's been in there mm. with recently but of course at the end of the day Big Franny's got that power man and no he punch. can keep on going um, what do you think of that main event I mean do you do you, do you feel like um, I haven't really seen the lines I haven't seen the bookmakers lines on it but the feeling I'm getting just seeing online is a lot of people see Francis in the ascendancy here yeah, I think it's going to be a close one on the on the bookie lines. Definitely, um, you know, two elite level guys 
It was interesting I saw today that Francis Ngannou questioned um, Junior DeSantis' validity as a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Oh, um, the abuse. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a maybe a good tactic because we've seen Junior get rattled once or twice and he doesn't tend to perform his, his best when he's um, in a rattle sort of uh, state of mind. So, listen, man, it, it's, it's a wide open one. I see this one playing out in the feet, though. As you said, you know, the boxing we've seen from Junior DeSantis um, is at such... Uh, an elite level. What was that fight when he, I think it was beat Ben Rothwell in Croatia. Yeah. That was like an clinic. absolute clinic. And of, then was a Blagoy, uh, even off that he fought as well and yeah. he made, yeah. made him look, look at what Blagoy has done just since. The, you know? Just the combinations on the feet and the variation of Speed. what he, 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 he's, he's so fast. Easily getting a boxing ring for me. Um, oh yeah. I think he already has. Um, then you have though, you know, Francis Ngannou, you just have that hellish power that he could, you know, if he lands, as well. You know, I don't know what way to call this fight. I just think it's a really fascinating fight. Francis does have the potential to land. Uh, Junior, you know, we've seen Junior off his game in certain fights as well. He has that. We've also seen Francis uh, off his game. We have definitely seen Francis (laughs) off his game. This is either going to go one way or the other, obviously, but (laughs) 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 I'm just not kind of really sure what fight we're going to see. Are you interested? I am. I am interested. Very interested. I think we could see a terrible fight um, as well, possibly, you know, both guys being a little bit hesitant to engage, a little bit like the fight where we saw Lewis and the um, Don't tell me that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really be surprised. I, 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 I really don't. Wouldn't. I don't expect that. I, I expect Junior to come out and wanting to touch him, get in and out very quickly, and then it's going to be Ngannou's yeah. business to close the distance. I could see Ngannou getting, you know, getting bashed up against the cage and then just unleashing a, a colossal right <laughs> on J, JDS's head, and knocking him out. It's, it is one of those fights. It, it, I think we're going to see a really explosive fight that's going to end within two rounds, or a fight that's going to be pretty stale and. Maybe a little bit chess-like. But if Junior has it his way and he's able to pick him apart, I don't think Francis makes it the distance. I think yeah. it's a different fight than the Stipe fight where you, instead of having someone lie on you, yeah. you're going to have someone tattooing you. Yeah. And and Junior has one-stop power, yeah. 100%. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah, look, yeah, look, yeah look, go back and look at that Mark Hunt fight. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, scary. But, uh, and Juicy A. Formiga and uh, Joe Benavidez for the flyweight number one contender that might never happen yeah, there, right? a, <laughs> the co-main event just make a decision got the, got the return of Damian Moya against Anthony Martin um, yeah but the one the other, the other big European interest on the card is of course Paul Craig um, taking on another undefeated opponent um, this has become uh, pretty much the the standard matchup for Paul now you're just you're going to be fighting an undefeated guy Paul every single time he's coming off that win over Kendi and Juku what was he called the African Beast or the African Savage or something like that he's some cool nickname anyway um, I think it was the you just, you just you just wonder with Paul sometimes you know some of his wins he has been very underwhelming in the fight he still gets it done and he still gets it done maybe <laughs> The UFC brass are going, we don't really want this guy in here, but he's you know, he's winning fights, he's pulling out of the bag, you know, going for broke. Let's just keep throwing him to the wolves. Oh yeah, I'm starting like, to love it. Like I'm starting I, to I, am. I it's, think it's, it's a cool underdog story, but listen, everybody's back in the third round submission for Paul Craig yeah, these days, man. I think it was the fight, you know, and I, I, I just I always sort of worry with Paul. His gas tank doesn't seem to be the best. It's a weird one because this is one that I've talked to you about before, I think. Like, it's weird, the fact that you're right in the sense that during the fight, he doesn't... But somehow, he then pulls just, out this amazing bit yeah, of grappling. And, and Like, where are you finding the energy for this? It's I unbelievable. Don't I don't like, know. It, and it is. That's, the, that's why I like this story. Yeah. That they're, they're, they're throwing him to the wolves the whole time. And If he does this now again, like, and I've spoke to Paul about this before yeah. um, on the show, it's like... 
he's kind of got that run of undefeated guys at the moment. But I feel like if he tags on two wins, one against Kennedy and one against Alano Menefeld, they're going to start throwing him to the <laughs> to the <laughs> to the to the monsters. Not yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like I mean, look at look at his losses. They haven't been too bad. Uh, Tyson Pedro, Khalil Roundtree, like these guys are, are guys that were yeah, guys two guys that were getting a push from the from the brass in the UFC. So yeah, it's good. It is. It's an interesting one. Um, it, it, who knows what Paul Craig is what's going to pan out really to be honest with you I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it now let's get on to the real business the real stuff it's Cage Warriors 100 man I have been dying for this card man I love it I love the the whole the whole idea that these guys can change their lives with a win that night like and as we know them uh, Cage Warriors titles are like golden tickets to the UFC and six of them were for grabs like this and we'll talk to Graham Boylan about this later but this is a big risk for a promotion like Cage Warriors to put that many titles on a card like I mean this is unbelievable. One, man. two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Dalby and Houston's a very interesting match. I mean, Houston is like you know unblemished career. He looks the part. He's huge. And here comes Dalby after battling all these demons to come and try and reclaim that belt and get. And everybody feels as though if Dalby wins, he's going yeah, straight onto that Cop- Copenhagen card. Yeah. They think he's the first name that should be on the sheet. Yeah, you know? that's, that's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, for Nicholas Dalby, I've seen incredible. T- yeah. He's tweeting about it the whole time. I want to get on this Copenhagen card. I'm so proud of the Danish fans for it's so loud. Yeah, I believe yeah. already. Um, you know. <laughs> I just think maybe it's a worry for me when guys are thinking about the future. It's impossible so not vocally. to, though, right? It, it, I know it isn't, but sometimes I think you just have when to lock yourself away. When they announced that card, when I was in, was, it in, was I in Stockholm? Yeah, it was in that? Stockholm, yeah. Man, everybody's just backstage, Dalby, Dalby, Dalby. Like, everybody, yeah, yeah. And, and potentially Zoran back. Yeah, listen, it's, it's an, you, you think it's a no-brainer, but how many times do we see the UFC make, you know, fake <laughs> Brendan Lockman. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. Um, um, listen... Yeah, I just, uh, for a guy who's obviously had mental issues as well, he's, he's talked about, you know, mm-hmm. the depression and things like that, to try and maybe build yourself up and, 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 and it just maybe takes your eye off the prize a little bit of what is happening this Saturday. I have a little bit of worry um, in relation for this fight because I've been so impressed with Ross Houston as well, man. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. And like, you know, as I said before, this is a, this is a win that's every bit as important to him as it is to Dalby. I mean, he needs that win over a UFC veteran. We saw Carlo Pedersoli, the last man who bet Nicholas Dalby, was signed within weeks of beating Dalby. That's the kind of pedigree. Yeah. That's where the UFC see him. You know what I mean? He's right there. Um, definitely like like just look at the guys they've signed in the past as yeah. you said and, and you've a belt going into this it's going to be the, probably the most watched show of the year with, you know, by a country 100%. mile on UFC Fight Pass as well I guarantee you Dana White and um, Sean Shelby will have their eyes on this one and hopefully better eyes than they had last Tuesday night <laughs> we're finally going to see Jack Grant fight for a lightweight title obviously uh, this was the guy everybody wanted to see Sauron back fight I love this fight uh, yeah, it's, it's the best fight in the card Sauron back uh, obviously dropped down to featherweight uh, won the interim title against uh, Sauron Morgan Jarrier Hong. and then um, you know the, the <laughs> I love wrecking pieces the title <laughs> has been essentially vacated and um, so Jack Grant v Joy Herbert man holy shit that is a Barn burner if there ever was one. Like, I mean, can you believe that that Bama didn't resign Joy? Like, they let him go off. It's unbelievable. Look, look at this. It's like, are you kidding me, man? Isn't it? Like, I mean, against McCulligan, yeah, that was the one that put him on the map. Like, I mean, I, well, he was already on the map. Let's be honest, but that was like where right, you're going in there banging yeah. with McCulligan and you're you're coming out with that result. Yeah, it was like yeah, when when you you would do that to Joe McCulligan, <laughs> it was you know you're going up a little level in our uh, Cage Warriors rankings here. You're gonna you're gonna pretty much soon fight for a title. And interesting, you know, three that, wins in a row with Cage Warriors now. Uh, 
you know, as much as I respect Joy, I love this fight. If if Reese hadn't gone to one seventy, this could be very well be Reese McKee versus Jack Grant. Imagine that as well. Yeah, um, just just an unbelievable fight. I think this one's you know someone's getting finished here. But you know, yeah. if, if we look at Joy's last fight, man, holy fuck, that was like that was impressive, impressive stuff against Stephen O'Keefe to to just take him out in that devastating fashion. I think Joy, and after being after being under it for the the full yeah, four the minutes first, of that fight, first. Yeah. First four minutes, he was getting absolutely, you know, smoked. Then one one opportunity presents itself. Pop, 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 pop. You're done, son. But I gotta say, I, I've, I've Jack was one of the guys I put in my prospects to watch yeah, this year. No, Jack's great. For um, it. he just looks unbelievable, man. He's a Goliath of a, mm. of a lightweight mm. too. It's hard to believe he's only 27, man. He's an absolute monster of a dude. Um, in his last fight, he bet the last guy who bet saw him back. Um, he he had a great performance against Perry Goodwin, who we yeah, saw yeah, Reese in there yeah, with again. I mean, I, I just think this guy is an absolute animal, and he's on a six-fight win streak. I see, I see Joy as a striking advantage. Like, I mean, you can't not see that the way he he did that to Steve O'Keefe, one one opportunity, and that's the way it's done. Unbelievable, but I love this. It's a real style clash, and it's really, 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 really good fight. Um, another fight. Oh, I love all these fights. Dean Truman v. Mads Brunel, man. Yeah. Mads Brunel is another guy that's come back to Cage Warriors yeah, and boy. looked looked like he's completely separated mm. from the field like he looks unbelievable um, and Dean Truman is this guy who's consummate underdog a guy who's putting the putting the hard work people who know the game know who Dean Truman is and this is like I couldn't wait to see Soren back in Dean Truman but I think this is just as good a fight man, you know honest. what happens if they, you know everyone puts on a fucking barn burner here in these six fights and wins in impressive fashion tough it's tough man who do you sign like that's it, you know. It, it's. I think. It's, I think the UFC have got to be looking at Mads and Nicholas with that Copenhagen Yeah, I think so. I think they have to be. I, I. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think wins for them are especially big. I think. Yeah, probably. You're, you're dead right. Most of the. Uh, you know, the guys from. But, but when, around we, that region as well. As we work down the card, there's also other things, and and Graham Boylan mentioned this in the interview that we talked about. Uh, in the interview that's upcoming in the show. When you've got guys like at middleweight and light heavyweight fighting for titles, they're immediately on the mm. radar. And that's a great time to speak about the Andy Townsend of Irish MMA, Mr. James Webb. He His stock is going up over here, man. You can feel, feel it in the Irish fan base. He's beginning to connect with them. And a win here over Natoyas Frederick, he improves to 7-1. and one. With that middleweight title wrapped around his waist, he's young. He's from the UK. Um you know, I, I, I think he's I, not. He's not from Colchester anymore. He's from Swords, yes, from Team KF. But um, I, I just get the feeling with with Webby that oh Webby and all that. Ooh. Yeah, Webby going with the Webby. But uh, I get the feeling that you know he's a guy that needs to be ready for the call up because at a middleweight, when you have that title, yeah. you're very close. It could happen at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, but Natoyas Frederick there as well. To, to Maybe you feel those Webb has to do something spectacular <coughs> this well, weekend. The, the, no? He he has he's capable of it. Like I mean, you see fights getting away from James sometimes, and some because he's so good in the ground, you he find he's unbelievable. Yeah. Like uh, saw that. Yeah, he's he's uh, when he won the title, yeah. of course. But um, I think that's a big one for him, man. It's a big one for Chris Fields, Tom King, oh, yeah. all the guys down there. And we'll Definitely. be talking about another one of their fighters in a few minutes. But um, Sam Creasy at flyweight. Um, do you worry? Like I mean, for the flyweight, we always remember Nathan Grayson beats Sam Creasy. He gets the title and he leaves because he says, "Look, the UFC, they don't have any plans for flyweight. Why do I keep killing myself to get down here?" Well, I don't think they do. Let's be honest about it. I think now it's it's it's. Did Henry Cejudo save it though? I think Dana White said he did, and we always Dana know he White, tells yeah, the truth. Yeah, he tells the truth there, you know, every week, and he needs fucking glasses, specs, savers, doing two for one, I believe. Right? Listen, 
no, the, the flyweights are gone as far as I'm concerned. You don't expect the, the team to when, like when, Creasy's class. Yeah, like, I, know, like, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Oh but, no, no, I know. But, you're but when you're you know you're releasing guys like you know prospects the whole time. Obviously, I think Shorty Torres is gone, and like about six months ago was unbeaten. You know, like you're not, they're not going to sign, you know, if they're releasing, but you know, it, it's disappointing because I was always a massive advocate for the flyweights, loved watching them. Um, there's there we go. R- regular weekly uh, shame. Take a shot now. I don't think they actually hear this, you know, that, that comes through, oh, but it doesn't matter. No, they do. But um, yeah, it's just frustrating for these guys, I'm sure, because, you know, I think every fighter's dream is to get to UFC and when you're on a platform like this and then, you know, the UFC aren't signing any flyweights. You're probably going to be looking at going to 135 pounds, lads. I'm sorry, but yeah, if, if you want to fight in the UFC, it's going to be at uh, 35 because they're not. You know, I think Scott Coker's really, um, you know, shit the bed as well. Um, again, by saying they're not interested in doing 125 pound division, and suddenly Ryan Curtis can sell tickets in Dublin, and here's the flyweights. <laughs> you know, th- there you go. But like, imagine the amount of wealth of talent they could sign and create a division and build oh, a yeah. really. Oh, impressive yeah. quality division on, and, and they're turning their back on it. Absolutely ludicrous, um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, well, the stakes go- will be as high in this title fight as it is for the other guys in terms of yeah. UFC trajectory. 205 title, Martin Hamlet. This guy has been talked about by some of the best fighters in the world. Um, I had Volkan Ozdemir singing this guy's praises ahead of his last fight. Everybody in Scandinavia is going crazy about this guy. I think he's got something like 15 world yeah. honors in wrestling. He's 5-0 in MMA. He's training with some of the best guys out there. And he's going to be put up against Modestus Bukaukas, who is a savage striker. Um, I feel like the way Hamlet's being talked about... He is like I mean he's right there you know the way the way he's held in that esteem and he's at two oh five again and and Chris Fields says he wants to challenge the winner of this fight oh UFC come on Copenhagen yeah <laughs> you think you think he goes to Listen, Norwegian like yeah like a Norwegian it makes sense you know to throw him on um, a Copenhagen card if if he goes out and makes a statement like there's a lot as you said on the line here for especially the Scandinavian guys because like literally it's I think there's the, I knew a guy in college that was lives down in uh, in Sweden and it's literally I think 20 minutes across the road to Copenhagen from where he was living so that's mad you know it is It's there's a lot of areas there that intertwine with uh, the city of Copenhagen so yeah listen bring it motherfuckers Jason Radcliffe who uh, who has previously fought James Webb he lost uh, there's that phantom KO a lot of people were very upset about against Hakan Foss that's going to be a savage another Scandinavian yeah. uh, Hakan Foss always brings it Hakan Foss Ian Gary um, look I've talked about this guy plenty. Um, one and now really looks like he's the full, full, full package. It was James Sheehan he fought, correct? Yes, James okay. Sheehan in his debut. Another great Irish prospect. Yeah. Um, to fight the way he did in his first professional fight with the biggest stage of his life on Cage Warriors. I can't wait to see this guy back in there. Good matchmaking as well. Yeah, nice 2-0. Yeah. Steady, you know. No need to get excited push, here. Yeah, exactly, let, yeah. let the man Big learn time. his craft. He's, breathe. He looks like he knows plenty about it already, but yeah. my God, I can't wait to see him go again. <clears throat> Lewis Monarch and Morgan Sherrier is going to be Lewis a great fight. fight man. And Morgan Sherrier against back that time for the interim title, he yeah. looked brilliant as well. I really like that fight. Yeah, it is that. Uh, Darren O'Gorman from Cork is taking on Adam Amersinger. Amersinger was considered one of the great prospects until he ran into Scott Malone. We know they need guys um, at these weight classes. Uh, they need to beef up the the bantamweight division. Now that uh, Jack Shaw is gone, they need to start creating contenders. And look, this is a good way for Darren O'Gorman. I believe Adam's really held in high esteem. Um, I believe this is a good way for Darren to get himself on that radar. 
Um, is that fight taking place at 125 or 135? Says 125. 125? Yeah, I, I would have thought 135. But I, I would have as well. But however, you're going to need uh, some contenders if you're going to crown a champion, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, Alex Lahore v Aaron Khalid. That's a great fight. That is a cracking fight. It is, yeah. And obviously, Reese McKee was having a bit of beef with Lahore a few weeks ago on Twitter. Said he turned down um, a fight um, against Reese. So that was an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, and this is no disrespect to Aaron, <coughs> Aaron, because he's he's very well supported mm. in Wales and that. But Alex's logic in that he didn't fight Reese because he doesn't have a big enough name compared to it's uh, ludicrous. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate. And he actually publicly said that on on Twitter, so you can go check that out. Um, yeah. Mad stuff altogether from Lahore. Alex is a weird one. You you never really know. It's very good fighter though. He is a good fighter, but you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is yeah, true. You'll always get the sunglasses in the interview afterwards. And That's the, all I want. The hat, but yeah, no, listen, a, a nice guy, but yeah, that was a weird comment um, to make. Is um, this the most ambitious Cage Warriors card I've ever, like you've ever seen? Like, given the the amount of titles they're throwing on the line probably, here. Yeah, well, yeah. the amount of titles that are on the line there, yeah, I don't think you can argue with that. Um, you know, obviously, I think you know uh, BT Unplugged was uh, was a was a, was a pretty cool project, pretty yeah, project as well. So um, yeah, it def- it's definitely up there, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing it. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to watch it live. I'll be able to watch half it live um, in the office on Saturday. But yeah, listen, I'll be I'll be just watching it anyway, 100. percent I'll FaceTime, FaceTime it. Yeah, the PT stream or whatever they call it these days. <laughs> the Redcast. Well, I'll be I'll be in control of it that weekend. But um, look. There was no one else I could speak to um, that is more prevalent in the lead up to this fight than Mr. Graham Boylan. He's a cracking one. He is. He never fails to deliver. <laughs> yeah, I love this man. I was in shit. He's an absolute this, legend. This was but um, yeah, brilliant. look, we love a bit of rivalry. We're not going to shy away from it. It's um, brilliant. It's what it, fire builds fire, fighter breeds fire, dragons. Yeah. You know, fight all dragons, that stuff. Whales, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, big fishes are whales. But I think one of the best, the the most interesting things he said here was that he believes that there's four or five guys could potentially. Get signed out of here, yeah. and you never you don't hear Graham saying that that often. You know, like here's five of my fighters could be gone. That says to me that he's obviously had chats with Sean Shell. Oh here, yeah, one of them, and, and you know who you're looking out for, who we watching here, who's who's good. He wouldn't admit that to me though. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to go and say that. But you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know the UFC aren't complaining with some of the guys that have you know shipped in from Cage, where it's probably the most successful. I don't want to say feeder promotion. I think it is in Europe. Like, I mean, yeah, I who else has ninety odd fighters that yeah, have gone from yeah. there to there? So listen, I'm sure Sean Shelby's going to be on to him the whole time, and uh, yeah, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard could do the set of European glasses, in my opinion. So they definitely could, couldn't yeah. they? Now a good lad that works for Cage Warriors. <laughs> I know a good fighter as well called Brendan Lachlan. Oh, it's never going to stop. Nah, but um, look, we'll get on to we'll uh, we'll give you the uh, Graham Boylan interview now. Brilliant stuff, very entertaining yeah, as always. Uh, always uh, welcome here is the Corkman. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the weekend, and we will be back to you in about ten. And now, as promised, we are joined by Mr. El Presidente himself, Mr. Graham Boylan, the head of Cage Warriors, who I believe is putting on one of the most ambitious cards in the history of the promotion this weekend. And I, I think that's a good place to start, Graham. I mean, is this Cage Warriors 106, Night of Champions? Do you feel like this is the biggest card Cage Warriors have put on in your history? I don't think in the history of us doing shows uh, together, Ian and I could possibly put on a bigger show than what we're doing Saturday night. I think it's an iconic, iconic show, one for the history books in an iconic venue in a venue that hasn't hosted MMA before. Um, and it's got that title live from the Apollo, which I believe adds that little bit of icing to the cake. 
absolutely. Um, I can't wait to see it myself. And and one of the things that I guess is standing out with this is the six title fights. I mean, that's just absolutely massive. But I, I was wondering how you feel about it because it's something that we, we don't often ask you. It's just completely presumed. But how do you feel about that, the whole line that the Cage Warriors titles are seen as the golden ticket to the UFC? Is that something that you're comfortable with hearing or how do you feel about that? We embrace it, man. It's 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 something that we know... We know where we fit. We know what happens when guys get those belts. And we know we've done a good job to actually guide guys if they've been in the organization and had the last five or six fights with us. Uh, and they're on the roster. We've kind of guided them to that belt. And when guys can go out there, go in there and take the win and move on to the next step, take the win, move on to the next step, the path is there for them to, to go all the way to that bigger show and you know, it, it's no secret that bigger show is the UFC. And we're quite comfortable in the fact that what we do is a legitimate process. You know, we build stars. They go on and become bigger stars. So we're happy with that. We embrace it. I've never heard anyone debate it or, or anything like that. But I was just wondering, have you ever heard of a, a, a different promotion in Europe um, being able to kind of command that same history that you guys have? I believe... Jack Shaw was the ninety first guy signed, right? Like, I mean, that's a hell of a number. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't believe there is. Um, I would like to think we know everything about our market and our game and the territories that we work in. I, mm. I don't believe there's somebody else that can say that. No, I agree. I agree. I was just saying in case you had anyone niggling into your mentions there ever on this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think we're safe with that one. Okay, okay. I, I mean, it is, it, like, as we said, 91 fighters have gone from Cage Warriors to the UFC. Um, do you believe that there is a good possibility that we can see 92 at the weekend? Do you believe that, you know, one of these guys who wins at the weekend out of these six title fights could be on that radar already and people are just waiting for that one more win at Cage Warriors 106? I think you could possibly see in the coming four to five weeks, based off the back of the results on Saturday night, I think you could see 92, 3, 4, and 5. Well, dude, dude, that's, that's, that's what I feel you could see because if you look at the divisions... That these got that these fights are in, mm-hmm. and you look at the divisions of the UFC. I see no reason why a minimum of 92, 93, 94 could happen in the coming weeks. How does that work? Like, do you tell the guys that this is riding on this, or do you just feel they know that? Because I I know it. Like fans know it. If you get that belt, you are on the radar. Do you do you specifically tell these guys, look, this one is particularly big for you, or do you just let it play out however it's going to play out? I don't feel that they need that added pressure. Um, we just sit back and let the fight happen. But between Ian and I internally, you know, we, we know we, we, we would have a good idea going into the event who we think is going to be holding the belt for seven or eight days and handing it back in, uh, in 10 days' time. Well, <laughs> that, must be, that must be a lovely problem for Ian to have as a matchmaker. <laughs> Yeah, he's just got to go find another champion, and we found ninety-seven of them, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I suppose he has a good uh, he has a good history in that demand. But um, yeah, the uh, the one story that's really kind of stood out, and there are so many good stories, but the one that is really standing out for me is, is Nicholas Dalby. The fact that he 
has come home basically he he has come back to the place that put him on the radar first that put him on the international radar like i, I can remember dalby's first run with cage warriors and, and i feel like he was probably like the next big champion after conor mcgregor i'm sure you could uh think of many more names but uh, that's just the way it felt for me at the time um, the fact that he's kind of said he had these mental health issues, he's come back, he stumbled at the first hurdle against Peter Sully, then he tags on wins against Phil Mulpeter and Alex Lahore, and here he is again uh, trying to get that welterweight title back. Um, and of course, UFC Copenhagen's in September, and a lot of people believe that he, he should be the first name on the card if he has his hand raised here. Um, I mean, have you been, what's it been like working with Dalby Lake? Because he's an interesting guy, right? He's, he's a real individual. Yeah. That that that'll be he's an, he, first of all he's an amazing person and secondly he's an incredible athlete a big impact in why he wasn't in the UFC um, to date uh, to turn that around come back step into those shoes again and do it all again and be back in that position again that's got to be the most admirable thing you could see from any guy you know that's the sign of a true champion that's the sign of a guy that's been knocked down. And excuse the the pun here, but that, that that's a guy that's that's lived the rocky the rocky um, quotes. You know, mm. he's been knocked down, he's got back up, and he's kept walking forward. And here he is again, fighting for that belt. You know, so for me, that's a phenomenal place to be. But he he ain't got an easy fight in Ross Houston. Ross Houston doesn't know what defeat is. He's not. He, no, he he's he's a tough, tough guy. Um, he's huge as he, well. He's an absolute he's monster big, of a dude. Yeah. yeah, he's big for the weight. Um, he can take he can take a lot of punishment as we saw in the paternal fight when he won the belt absolutely um so you know that fight like everyone said to us when we were doing the order for that fight you know and there's other people involved and it's like why why isn't the why aren't we going in weight order for these fights and it's like even the raw world title fights this is the fight that has that spark this is mm. the fight that has the talk this is the one that's there's so much riding on this fight you know, I had to be the main event. It kind of, for me, it kind of shows the value of Cage Warriors as well. Like, let's let's be honest. Um, Nicholas could have went anywhere after the UFC. He, he's a stunning fighter to watch. He is a big name. He could have went anywhere, but he went back to you guys. Like, th- does that mean something to you as well? Yes, it does. You know, and, and you know, we, we have a very strong, we have a strong relationship with Nicholas. You know, we, we've been together since 2011, maybe 2012. We've seen him rise we've seen him before we've seen him rise again and we've been there for him the entire time so we're happy to help him back and give him the platform that he's wanted and we're truly happy that he gave us the opportunity to have him back you know mm. he could have gone to other organizations and just taken money fights but that's not him that's not his character he wants to be where the best in the world are competing and if you're going to go back and take money fights in other organizations then you're not competing against the best in the world in the best place in the world and he's that type of character mm. you know and like i said to swing this white back and keep the 50 50 ross is the same ross wants to be at the best place in the world where he can be and he wants to fight the best in the world so there's so much debating and back and forth out of this main event spot on a night of champions in such a historic event there's a there's five other world title fights there so you know it's giving you guys a ton of ton of content to choose from to write about yeah, nearly too much, to be honest with you, Graham, but we won't get into Sorry, that. Sorry, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> but um, but uh, 
Fucking stupid boiling again. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to press you on this too much, but a lot of people kind of have talked about the the back and forth uh, between yourself and Mike Cogan and John Kavanaugh online. Like a lot of people believe that. Bellator and Cage Warriors are competing for this market right now. I mean, do you feel that way, or like, would you rather not comment on the on the relationship between Bellator and Cage Warriors? I know who one of those names is. Uh, I'm not comment on him. But who's who's the other name? Who's Mike? What's his name? Mike Hogan. Who's he? He is the the main guy there at Bellator. You know, he's the he's the matchmaker. Is he? I've never even fucking heard his name, mate. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that, that that shows my interest in Fuckator. So. You know, there's not a lot I can fucking comment on that. Um, but no, they're, they're of absolutely no threat to what we do whatsoever. You know, um, the guys in our organization want to be fighting against and competing against the best athletes in the world. You know, mm. um, the guys fighting on the other organization, they're there for the paychecks. They're They're there for, you know... A lot of those fights are hand-picked opponents. And another said name in this conversation is one of the guys who's hand-picking opponents for his guys. So, you know, that's not really that's not really our sport. It's not what we do. They call it a developmental game. It's more like, uh, here's your money, here's your win. And they're, I think that the fights are hand-picked. So it's, it's not the type of um, path that Cage Wars will ever go down. Yes, of course. And, you know, with Bellator being there, of course they can't compete with you in terms of getting fighters to the UFC. I don't, I don't think they can even argue that at all. Did you, did you by any chance see the online reaction to the, the broadcast issues the other day? I, I know that Cage Warriors has prided itself on its broadcasts over the years. Did, did you see any of that? Uh, I'm not online a great deal these days, uh, PT. I kind of stay away from it. I've, um, I, I let, uh, I, I've got, I've got a... How would I how would I say it? I've got a non, I've got no filter when I go when I go online and start fucking around. So so people have to hide your phone sh- on you. Did <laughs> uh, either take my phone off me or they won't mention stuff to me one or the other because I have no problem with jumping on and speaking my mind. So I tend to stay away from it. It upsets too many people when I go on there. Right, right. Well, I'll draw a line in that and get back to this card because it is absolutely astronomical. Like, I mean, when when you're looking at the names here, I mean, every single one of these fights is a guy that's ready for the UFC there. I mean, we, we've talked about Houston and Dalby at length, but Jack Grant finally getting a shot at the lightweight title. But it's no easy road against Joey Herbert, man. He has looked incredible since he's come on in the Cage Warriors banner. Obviously, a, a legendary Cage Warriors for like Dean Truman taking on Mads Burnell as well. You've got uh, the Andy Townsend of Irish MMA, as Chris Fees called him, uh, James Webb of Team KF taking on Natoyas Frederick, Sam Creasy going for that flyweight belt against Samir Fadin, and um, a hugely talked about guy from Scandinavia here in the first uh, title fight tonight in Martin Hamlet. I mean, I've heard Uzdemir and loads of guys in the UFC already saying this guy is ready, but I mean, outside of Houston and Dalby, is there one out there that's jumping out to you? It's a very difficult question, I know, because each of them has their own um, merits, but is there any one of them there that you're particularly looking forward to? In the t- in the, in the title fights, um, they've all got their own narratives, right? Mm. Uh, so, I mean, come come title fight time on Night of Champions, I am firmly going to be looking for a seat to watch. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to just hope that there's just absolutely nothing for me to do but sit down and, and be a fan and watch these fights because from Hamlet to Medescus. Zemir, Creasy, Webb, Frederick, 
Burnell, Truman, Grant Herbert, and then into Dalby Houston. I mean, that's a that's a fight fans' dream. Watch watching those fights, you know, um, and 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 to watch them live, uh, knowing what we know about them, and having watched those stories come true. It's it's six fights. That I'm I'm really looking forward to sitting down watching. You know, when when you kind of get done with these events, how do you measure if they're a success or not? Like, I mean, is there a way you can tell? Um, do you even care once once you've done, you've kind of put on the event? Do you even kind of care about what kind of traction it gets and stuff like this? Or how how do you feel about it? We're like, I mean, how, how on to, you... we're, we're, we're on to the next show. It's just it's not, it's it's a it's a show that's done. It's dusted. I watch it the next day. Um, it's usually my routine to watch it the next season when I get home. Um, and then for us, we're on to the next show. You know, it's 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 in the books. It's done. It's dusted. Um, and we 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 let the fans and the journalists like yourself. We let you guys decide what it was because you get at the end of the day, you're the guys writing about it. You're the guys that follow it. So we put it on. We knock them down. You guys write about it, and you guys say whether it was good or bad. So um, for us, we're we we move on to the next fight. We're on to the next event. But you gotta, you gotta admit, you have a good feeling about this. You gotta have a good feeling about this one. Yeah, of course. I mean, we we always <laughs> any show we, we we go into, we have a good feeling about. But once it's done, it's done. Graham, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love having you on. I love getting you on before these big events, and I I really can't wait to be over there in London on Saturday night, man. I'm so excited for this. Good. I look forward to seeing you, man. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you again Take soon. Bye bye. We'll see you at the weekend. Take care, buddy. All bye. the best. Bye bye. And thank you for those quotables, Graham Boylan. I'm sure I'm going to get a Jeez, lot of tweets about that good, one. Some, <laughs> some good lines and, you know, maybe things that we've implied in the past. Um, well, things we, we're still unsure about, yeah. we've asked questions about. Yeah, so some maybe um, answers that probably we need a little bit more. Um, um, we're talking about the Bellator thing. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. <laughs> So right. it's it's going to be interesting. And listen, great card, really good interview. Enjoyed that one, PT. And um, what a man is Graham Boylan. It's uh, he's a shame like, he's from Cork, though. As I said, <laughs> he's I'm like a Bond villain. Him. He's like, he, isn't he? Him and him and Martin Lewandowski are like two isn't Bond he? villains. Aren't they? Aren't they? <laughs> that's a great way. Of, that's a great way. Of that was in mind. Someone said that to me before. They, and I was like, that's the nail of the head. Cage I think it was Warrior, Alan Murphy. Cage Warriors versus Castoli. Oh That'd be something. man, imagine that. But this, let's be. I'm going to take you out. No, no, you're not. <laughs> it's Martin V. Graham in the main event. <laughs> no, you're not. But take the boiler shot. I will buy this. This fight. This fight card is unbelievable, man. I really can't wait. Like, I'm genuinely... You're going to be over at it as well. So, yeah, I am. Yeah, it'd be good to be there. Um, obviously, an iconic Cage Warriors arena as well. So, yeah, all sweet shit. Like This yeah. is the first time they've done it in the Apollo. Oh, is that? I thought, yeah, I yeah. thought they've done it in the Apollo yeah, before, big, no? big doing in the Apollo, you know? Have they not done it there before? I don't think so, no. They've usually used the um, the Copper Box in London. The copper Box, that's yeah, what yeah. I was thinking of, yeah. Um, I just oh, w- want to, before we get on to our usual segments, Tinder and whatnot... Um, I just I know you don't have a mustache anymore, right? I know you don't. I'm not happy about it. Uh, it's happened, and that's the way it goes. But are we going back there? Again? No, no. I just want one. It's I just too itchy. I just. <laughs> bottom line. But um, I just want to say, um, at one stage, just after you shaved it off, Ben Cartledge told me that he had a fantastic mustache and deserves to be recognised. You said it's not a mustache. It's a beard. Right, right. It's fair enough. You can all grow beards. What do you think of that? There you go. I'm just showing Noel oh, a picture that of Carlich? that is Ben Carlidge oh from many God. moons ago with a fabulous mustache. Yeah, well, that's, that's like that's that was Dan. Where this would you grade Dan. that though? I mean, on the on the that scale, that is pretty good. That is pretty hardcore. Yeah, isn't pretty it? bit the hair. Look, his hair is fantastic. He's a fantastic man. 
Yeah, and, he's a good deal. Ben. And a fine cup of tea there in front of him as yeah, well. Yeah, he's he's that sort of he's that guy. He know how to make a good cup of tea and a fry up. I'd say yeah, geez, I'd say and Brad Wharton as well. Brad Wharton, good Bra- Bradley. Brad Wharton says he's going to make me a Scotch egg this weekend. Brad Wharton, fucking Brad Wharton, want to start giving me some facts? No, don't bother, Brad. He's a horrible person. See, see him, see him. Did you see him there in that picture? But <laughs> that bloody giant castle and somewhere in Cheshire. It put it put it put McGrath manners to yeah, shame. I was like, holy mother of God! <laughs> I thought guy, I was. This guy, he comes across as a rogue half the time, and he's there having fucking cucumber sandwiches and salmon sandwiches and, and tea Legend. parties in the garden with a load of old ones. Fair play to you, Brad. Jesus Keep it up, Christ. boy. See you at the weekend. But, um, <laughs> bag of cans, though, was impressive. Right, yeah, bag, a bag of cans, cans to man. A tea party. He's, he's 100%, man. He is 100%. But what I wanted to ask you about is something that you said to me just briefly between segments there. You told me you delete Twitter, but yes, you have somebody texting you, provoking I've always people your sexual arousal. I've always, I'm not joking, I always do. Tell I us what's going on. Where, what's going on? Like Tinder's a shit. Have you found the one yet? No. I think this girl who's texting you eagerly at the moment, Listen, I think she could be the one. No, I don't think so. I think... She's I, the I one. I think an American girl's going to be if the one. I've always said that. I've always got on better with American girls. On. She's on Tinder. Um, no. <laughs> I think American girls are where I should be looking. American woman, stay away from me. Yeah, I think so. American woman, Tinder, you've had success in the in the states. Like, I mean, I feel like you've done yeah, some of your have. best work in the states. I definitely have. Yeah. yeah Why is have. that? I just think maybe the girls are. They'll always give you a chance, no matter how good looking they are. I think they'll give you at least a minute. Normally, sometimes here, what's your what, what car do you drive? Well, that's <laughs> your problem, mate. Come on out yeah, and drink and blanch area, for a weekend. Yeah, yeah. that's true. If I, I reckon I clean up in those sort of You'll areas. You'll have five kids. Which you peasants. <laughs> Someone's going to shoot me from Blanche one of these days. Me probably, but you know, I love um, you actually. You're one of ours now, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I was at a party on Friday. My my beautiful friend Mark, uh, he's the last, he's the youngest in the group. He turned thirty, and uh, my mates were just telling me how much they love you. It breaks my heart. They love me. They he were be, like, he'd oh, he'd be cleaning my shoes next ma- week. Make make sure you ask him about dinner next week. What? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a great night he'd, I had with the boys. He'd be cleaning me shoes next week. I clean them every week. That's how I pay him for them. <laughs> I lick the <laughs> bottom true. of them. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, but, it hurts uh, me that they like you. Um, well, nah, sure, listen, I'm not. I'm not that hateable. I'm not that innocent. Oh, I'm certainly not. You're fucking not anyway. I am definitely innocent of everything. You are. Yeah, you're in your fucking whatever, Blanche. Um, oh, I wanted to say as well, Barry Oglesby packing in the MMA. Yeah, sorry, Holy shit, man. Yeah, he, look, I, I, I just want to say that, you know, I was trying to cover this uh, push for regulation for a long time and it was incredibly difficult to get Emma to speak to me and Barry always, Barry always had always, idea, yeah. Barry and Andy, man, always came out mm. and spoke from their heart, spoke the truth and um, I really appreciate them. Like, I really I really had no other way of covering yeah. that story and now, of course, they're always asking us, why are we covering it? Well, it was because we couldn't actually yeah, exactly. deal with it in the first place. But uh, Barry wasn't part of the problem there. It was Andy Ryan. They've always been brilliant. Um, th- those guys have put together the high performance training situation. Yeah, exactly. now. Um, they've done a lot, um, and we des- Barry deserves a lot more credit than he gets, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. No, and, definitely. And he's had some great prospects there in MMA. I wonder what's going to happen to the likes of Nathan Kelly and you know Austin Lynch over there. There's some great fighters, so I wonder what's going to go on with them. I'm sure Barry has that sorted out anyway. But um, 
thanks very much, Barry Oglesby. Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah, to say. yeah. Big, big time, Barry. Yeah, well done. Obviously, you know, George as well. Oh, me fucking hand. He's more famous yeah. for being similar looking to Baz Root than yeah, anything else. He does, though. doesn't he? he? Looks like big old Baz. <laughs> he does. But uh, now he's a great jiu-jitsu coach. If you're in Fingless uh, or Glass Nevin area, make sure you pop into Kyuzo Gym. Uh, I've done it many times. Of course, I battered everyone, but let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> best wishes, Barry. <laughs> yeah, all the best, and thanks so much. Um. Well, that's everything I've got. I mean, do you have anything else to add this weekend? Is no. Paul Pogba going to leave Manchester United? Yeah, hopefully. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm liking this Christian Eriksen talk, to be honest with you. Is I that really happening from there's, sports? There's a little bit of talk about Christian Eriksen. Apparently his deal from Real Madrid fell through. So there's a lot of talk of him coming into Manchester United. He wants to ruin week. his career as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. a lot of players do so. these days. If the money's there, they'll just go, they'll do anything. <laughs> They're mercenaries. So... You've Wambasaka as well. Is probably going to come in this week. Actually, who's Wambasaka? He plays for Crystal Palace, right back, fifty million pounds. They're talking about you know the world's gone mad. Fucking hell! But man. a very good player. I do like Wambasaka. I think he's going to be a big success at United. Um, still, lots of worrying times. That clown Edward Woodward is still um, running um, the transfers and uh, basically running the club, which is you know more concerning than probably even Paul Pogba being at the club. So I like Paul Pogba. I think he's the best player in the team. He's an absolute disgrace. He's not that innocent. Terrible, terrible uh, human being. <laughs> Terrible to say. No. He's a great dancer and he's lovely hair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's everything we've got. Um, I don't want to fully crank up Noel's rage levels because we already had a lot with the Bellator London thing and the Brendan yeah. Lockdown thing. He uh, has to sleep at some stage. You know, he's going to take seven hours you, to wind like, down. Literally, just as we were finished that Brendan thing is when I really sort of got angry. That's I when you were peaking. You know what I should have I probably should have done a Facebook Live last week and just ranted for an hour about yeah. everything that went on. You know, but, I don't know if you'd come in with those P.T. Carroll numbers... 80,000 views. <laughs> but uh, whatever you want, you know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm here for. But uh, I love you, Noel, and it's fantastic to speak to you. I don't know what next week is arrangements going to be. Where are um, you? <clears throat> when are you back? Like, uh, so late Sunday, Sunday night, likely. I might try and get the interviews done at Cage Warriors and then have it ready, pre-packaged for you, ready to go. I'll see what the crack is. You know me. Um, we'll start something now. Yeah, we'll do something. Well, and thanks very much for being a beautiful host. Um, I hope you grow your moustache back and I hope you don't delete Tinder. <laughs> Peace in the Middle East. Ah, uh, fuck it all. Love you.